For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Showtime! <laughs> It is showtime as you are locked into the middle here. Phillyvoice.com slash the middle. You can watch us. Barrett Brooks, Harry Mays, Aton Shander. As we're here for the next two hours, we'll be joined by the network, Sports Map Radio, in six minutes. So we've got some time to kick back, relax, and chat with our Philadelphia folk. And we'll also hit hard the World Series. I wonder, though. Just looking at where we are right now, and the World Series happened last night. We're going to listen to a, a bunch of stuff, and this might be a good way to tease what's going to happen coming up when we're joined by the network. But I saw this thing with Zach Ertz, saw this thing with the New York Knicks, and, and I wonder if we're so wrapped up in our own Philadelphia sports bubbles that, yeah, the World Series came and went, but people are more focused on a trade that could have been with the Green Bay Packers and a trade that could be with the New York Knicks dumping an Al Horford contract. I could be wrong. Don't get me wrong. I don't think that people ignored the game last night. But hmm. weird when you start to look around, especially on Philly Voice and, and other sites here, just what the bigger stories are that have been circulated over the last 12 to 18 hours. Well, what's really disappointing for baseball is that not only you know might we be thinking about it, what could have been with a Zach Ertz trade or what might be with a trade of Horford to the Knicks to dump a contract, the game took place last night. The Dodgers win their first World Series in, what, 32 years. Like and it. the most thing, the biggest thing that people are talking about is Turner returning to the field to celebrate with his team after testing positive for COVID-19. <laughs> like, they're not even talking about the game. You had a, an, an unbelievably ridiculous pitching change that was made that changed the, the course of that baseball game. And that, you know, I can't get over it. I was watching it. And then after they scored and went up, and I, I was like, you know, this is over. But like Tampa Bay, I think, is just shot now. And I went to bed in like the seventh or eighth inning, wake up, and then I see this thing about Turner, and it took over like all of social media is just talking about, you know, Justin Turner and COVID-19. Right. Well, well they're legitimate for right now. You know, you, you think in those terms. I mean, everything that's going on. But you're right, man. We might be just caught in our own little, little – 
little uh, what do you call it, the fish bowl bubble? The Philly, yeah, the, the, yeah, the the Philly fish bubble. I mean, that's that's what we are, man. And you know, I, I watched I watched it last night. Also, I was texting you guys. I'm like, I that's why I can't bet, man. I, I'm I'm just I'm just I just can't do it. I mean, I, uh, I can't see myself no. losing this money. Uh, but yet uh, the, degen uh, the degenerate he's texting me back. Oh, I just did this. I just. <laughs> I oh yeah, he jumped you. on the Dodgers at plus one twenty, and I jumped on Dodgers margin of victory two runs. Oh, <laughs> oh, look at what now! But, but seriously, I, I and we'll talk about Turner and the decision to do that, and even before that, as you mentioned, the decision to pull Blake Snell, which was ridiculous in most fashion. But it it just it seems odd that this whole thing went down in that chronological order, and I wonder. And and I'll save my conspiracy theory for about 10 minutes or so. But I mm. wonder if, in fact, those two things were not coincidental in them happening. And there was actually some timing, some purposeful timing coming out. Now, if the Eagles traded Zach Ertz this year, because Green Bay, according to this SI piece, believed to be a leader in the clubhouse alongside the Baltimore Ravens. What would your reaction have been? I mean, I think I would have legit been upset if they dealt Zach Ertz for draft pick, draft position, draft capital. I wouldn't have been surprised. Well, not surprised is different than upset, Harry. Well, I don't, I don't know. I, I wouldn't have been upset. I mean, you know, Zach Ertz, I don't think is what he used to be. And I don't, you know, I think the best of Zach Ertz, we've seen that already. And I think it would be a prudent decision if they were able to get that a deal done for some draft picks, knowing that, you know, Goddard is the is the guy that they can, you know, ride for the next couple of years once he gets back from injury and, you know, they can fill in behind him. But I, I actually even suggested doing it on Twitter a couple of weeks ago before he got hurt. I don't know if I'd, I'd have suggested it. I'd have been a, I've been a bit upset. Um, I think we have seen the reason. Yeah, I mean, we have seen the best of Zach Ertz in the capacity was, you know, a year and a half ago. I mean, he was all world top three tight end. I think mm -hmm. now um, he's starting to, you know, turn the corner towards the best of his years. I mean, to the least of his years as opposed to the best. I, I mean, I love Zach Ertz as a player. Now, he could still help this team for the next two and a half, three years. I mean, he'll still be a good player for the next two and a half, three years. But we're talking about draft capital, and that's where – I tend to say, all right, then I'd have been pissed off because number one, the Eagles at this point haven't shown me they have the capacity to draft and and, and be legitimate mm -hmm. um, pickers of talent, you know. So I think that would more so have me upset because we just lost a guy that can help us for the next two or three years, as opposed to a guy that can can be in a, a, a second round what a, a second round right tackle that we can have. Or but you got to like resign him too. Yeah, I know that's and that's yeah. that's a problem. Well, that's one thing I think we can all agree on is we'll be joined by the network in 25 seconds, guys. That's one thing we can all agree on is how he has his issues, how he has his warts. But working the cap seems to be his best piece of ammunition as a general manager, member of the front office. All right. A lot to get to, including hashtag blame Justin Turner. A lot of other things going on here. It's the middle live from the Fritz and B and Cooley studios as we're joined by Sports Map Radio. This is a Gal Media property in partnership with Jacob Media. And you, my friend, are caught in the middle. The middle starts now, starts now. on the Sports Map Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Home loans that fit your life. Rocket Can. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Park Studios. 
Here's Aton Shander, Barrett Brooks, and Harry Mays. Live on a Wednesday edition, we welcome you in as Super Bowl champion NBC Sports analyst Barrett Brooks, Harry Mays. I'm Aton Shander, the three of us, Ron Culver producing the show. And we have a lot to get to because it's not just Culver in the house who's happy that his L.A. Dodgers are World Series champs. Anybody who placed a wager or 10 on the Dodgers, anybody who called the Dodgers. I know Harry has been on the Dodgers for a little bit after he shifted over from the Rays. Barrett called the Dodgers winning outright last night, even though they were technically the favorite. And we have trauma. We have drama. We have everything that can come from a baseball game last night, right down to what might be a drunk commissioner oh. to – Tim Kirkjian's words of wisdom to a decision to pull a pitcher that was mind-boggling, guys, and that's probably putting it lightly. And that, all of that, overshadowed by what happened with Justin Turner. You would think that this wasn't a game-clinching moment for the World Series in baseball. You would think that it was just an outright debacle based on all the things that went on last night. Craziness, a nonsense, you know. And like I said, we're caught in our bubble. At the end of the day, man, the Dodgers are world champions, and I, I wouldn't care what anybody said to me either. I mean, it's over now. We're not, we're not worried about everybody else. Uh, you know, the other teams. We're just talking about our team. So if our king catches COVID, it's, it's on us. Let us celebrate and catch COVID together. I guess what that's what he's saying. All right. Now, is there an asterisk in your view, both of you guys, yeah. uh, to this championship? No. Yes. Uh, yeah. Don't listen to the voice of God, by the way who will step in here and is as biased as it gets than Ron Culver. I have no problems turning people's mics off today. (laughs) Oh, this is like a presidential debate. Ron's going to mute us. See, I don't know that there is because of just. Absolutely there is. I just don't know because the craziness that all these teams had to deal with, you know, some teams, you know, missing games for a week, week and a half, having to make them up with double headers. It was absolute lunacy what went on in the two months of the baseball regular season and everybody had to deal with all this stuff a lot of teams were affected and I just think that that it it was so crazy for everybody it kind of brought it down to like sort of an an, an equality all right so we're live here we we got three minutes and then we'll be back but I I I agree that it was madness Mm -hmm. I do want to I do want to get back to that let's start with that when we get back and and he can play one of the cuts um to respond to Jeff they they are his ability to work the cap is why they won't be hamstrung and why they can resign and constantly get ahead of deals and get people to where it's market value for them so that by two years from now you look at a lot of these deals they're undervalued exactly right, right. so getting out of money is in the nfl is actually the easiest sport to get out of money on this is not baseball technically because you can just eat it But a lot of teams won't do that. The NBA, NHL, even MLS, like you're hamstrung with cap. Mm -hmm. NFL, you can cut. There's a lot of stuff that's not guaranteed that you can cut and move on from. They just refuse to do that with Alshon and to a lesser extent to Sean. Now, Xander says that uh, they played a third of the games they normally play. Has to be an asterisk there. No, but every team played a third of the games. That's my equal ground. Yep, you're right. You're right. Harry, I'm with you on this one, Harry. I'm I'm with you on this one. Look, I mean, would I have liked to have seen them play a 60 to 80 game regular season had they started when they really should have? Yes. Um, 
am I glad they got something in? Yeah, but I mean, it was just so nuts, and it was such a sprint to the finish that I think it was just just crazy for everybody. And the Dodgers, I mean, by and large, they were the favorites anyway. So the best team yeah. you can, I, if people, if the if the Rays found a way to win this thing. People would be screaming, oh, it's an asterisk. There's no way over 162 games the Rays would have been the best team. And you could kind of make that argument, right? Uh, Absolutely. But the Dodgers were the favorite coming in. The Dodgers were the favorite coming in, but the Rays were a favorite too. Like No, not like like the Dodgers. Ahead of the 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 Yankees and Houston? The Rays were – you're talking about Houston. I'm talking about Tampa right now. Like this World Series was not difficult to predict. No, but I'm just saying, like, teams in the league. Where were the Rays preseason as far as a favorite? Like, were they ahead of the Astros and Yankees? They were ahead of the Astros, not the Yankees. Okay. So remember, they were like that sexy third favorite. Yep. Where yep. everybody was kind of pointing to them saying, oh, now from a shock or blown away standpoint, I think you're right. Where if a team snuck in, then we would have more of an argument. But there, there's something about, I, I don't know, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get back. We're back in 20 seconds. But there's something about playing a third of the year. I mean, come on. If, if a football team played eight games and was crowned a Super Bowl champion, you wouldn't have a problem with that? Well, I mean, how many games did the Redskins play the one year in the 80s? I think two of their championships came during strike-shortened <laughs> seasons. <laughs> That's fair. You can raise that point. All right, now where should we go first on audio? Because we're back. You want to hear from Manfred? You want to hear from Kirkchen? Like, where, where should we go here? Kirchin. Okay. Ron, do you have that Kirchin cut by any chance? Uh, Almost. Okay. So you guys saying LeBron's next yeah. ring also, huh? No, that's different. This is the middle. Because they played on the full Sports playoffs. Map Radio Network. Hey, I'm getting a bit of an echo from us to you. Part Studios. Here's Aton Shander, Barrett Brooks, and Harry Mays. All right. It's the middle here. LivePhillyVoice.com slash The Middle. And, of course, Sports Map Radio across all Sports Map Radio platforms. And we'll listen to a couple of people here. Harry sent this over this morning, Barrett. I don't know if you saw or heard the ridiculous presentation of the trophy from Rob Manford. But Rob, I think, was a little more sauced up than most of the players. <laughs> we also have Tim Kirkage. We'll hear from Tim in a second here about the cash Snell decision. Mm-hmm. But clearly, as Harry mentioned in the short open, the biggest thing that happened last night by a mile was Justin Turner's test that makes no sense from a chronological standpoint that they just found out game six and pulled him when they did. And that kind of marring a big night for the L.A. Dodgers and really for baseball overall. And then being able to come back out and celebrate with his teammates. He he would have been denied. Would you have been denied? Hell yeah. Well, nobody even tried to hold him like deny him. (laughs) Right. This was such a big deal that he had to be pulled from the game. But then and it's not like he snuck back in with a Bobby Valentine face from the old Groucho Marx that he right. had to use a disguise. He just came right back on the field like it was nothing. He, he could have put the gritty mask on because he looks kind of like gritty. Yes. You well, know, Aton, you borrow your gritty mask and he comes back out on the field and everybody thinks the Flyers mascot's there. Here's my <laughs> argument to that, okay? Yeah. He didn't get COVID during the game. So what's the difference? 
Well, he's positive for it, meaning he has it in his body. And he had it before the game, and he had been hanging out with all his teammates already. So what's the difference of him coming out after the game? Because it's not like a one and done. It's not like if I brush by Harry one time and he doesn't get it, that if I brush by him the second, third, fifth. I'm immune. Yeah, come on, Ron. That's a little bit of a stretch. That's a a reach. He's been been sitting, standing next to him all game long, going up to the pitcher's mound, you know, covering his face with a glove like they all do to hide what they're saying, even though no one cares. Okay, we have a guy who played in a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if we can equate this here to where Barrett, if you knew that one of your teammates and I, we don't have to name anybody specifically, but one of your teammates came back and celebrated in the middle of raising the Lombardi trophy. When you guys knew he had to be pulled from the second quarter because he was positive for COVID. I like, do you as a player have a problem with that? I mean, I don't know. Maybe you're just so I wouldn't. at the moment. I would too, I think, right? No, I wouldn't. You would not. No. Okay, I would. No. Barrett, at, at the time you, you caught up you caught up in the moment, you know, you really don't even realize stuff like that. You know, you see guys are supposed to be on IR, foot supposed to be almost falling off and they're celebrating like, you know, nothing's wrong with them. You know what I mean? It, it, it I am equating it to that. I, I think uh, at the end of the day I I wouldn't even notice that he was doing or anything or or he'd have been out kicking it anyways. You know, I mean because I just saw him. He was just we were just chopping it up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We were just playing each other, blood, sweat and tears, you know, for for six innings and then yeah. all of a sudden, you know, I mean I I, I just said I don't I don't think I'd have had a problem. Well, as long as any his, none of his blood, sweat and tears gets on you, then <laughs> then you're probably good. Mask or no mask. But I would just, you know, hey, he's my teammate. We've been battling all this whole year. He deserves to celebrate. I'm not going to go over there and like, you know, hug him and make out with him, you know, with the trophy, but I I would have no issue if he came back out on the field to, you know, get in the picture like right. he did. I, I right, think now, we started to think about you, Aton. I mean, you gonna go to war with us or what, man? What's up? Yeah, man. man. Not if you have COVID. <laughs> oh. I might have COVID have right COVID. now. I got a little sore throat. Good. You're in your own house, your own studio. You're not next to me. If you were next to me and you said that, I'd kick your ass out of the studio. You, you are too fra- afraid of COVID, my friend. And it's you know not what? Afraid. I'll... It's looking at trying to keep distance and just regularly from somebody who's sick. I don't care if you have the flu, if you have COVID, if you have bronchitis, I don't care what you have. I'm not going to purposely go ahead and try and buddy buddy up with you and be like, oh, well, don't worry, Harry's got a runny nose and he's been coughing for weeks. COVID, the flu, yeah, whatever, you know, tonsils need to be taken out. I don't care. I'm staying away from you. But Harry, this is the problem I have right now. Number one. He wasn't even going to save his dog from the from the killer hornets that were chasing the other day. That's mm-hmm. number one. No, I got stuck. Wait, wait a second. I got stung <laughs> because I was saving my dog as opposed to me. I put my own leg in front of my in front of me in order to get the dog from. I'll do anything for that dog. Besides my uh, wife, there's nothing I care about more than that. That's dog. that's true. I can attest to that. Yeah, I can all right, all right. That. Yeah. But this is this is this is what I, I'm, I'm, I'm I have a bone to pick with. Told me, brother. I'm here. <laughs> I can remember one time we were on air together and he was sick as a dog. I mean, it looked like he had a bo- Ebola or something. Aton? You Yeah, he was sick as a dog and I, he made me stay in the studio with him and we did the show. Was that he a could barely, It was a Monday night, yes. Yeah, I think it was, a, okay, so it was after an Eagles game. I was on all types of stuff. 
at right. that point. Like I was on multiple. No, wait a second. This wasn't the meat locker flu that you used to get on every Thursday morning. No, but to be fair, if I had not called out those Thursday mornings and done eight minutes of television, I might not be where I am right now on a weekly basis on that channel. So I, I attribute my foresight of realizing that being one of nine voices isn't worth getting put my, minutes of exposure on television. Good point. Good point. You put my you put my health in danger. I, I did. sat there right there, right next to you and, and rocked it on out with you. Mm-hmm. You, I had a, you had a flu or whatever. I mean, you look horrible, bro. Horrible, but I still stuck it out with. That's the type of teammate I am. I, I, I actually got a text you. from the boss, the old boss, that was asking if I was okay. Like, are you all right? I think I was like slurring at one point. Like it was bad. <laughs> you I were like on, Manfred. Yeah, I was on all types of medication, and we had to do the show. Now remember, if I had been full time there and got medical benefits there, I would have uh, been able to call out. Best. Here we right. go. Here but we I go. needed right. that money in order to pay for the medication right. to make me better from what I was being sick with. But you're you're correct to call me out as being a hypocrite because I did subject you to whatever the hell I had that night in that studio. Yes, you did. And I was like, I'm just sitting there like, look at this, man. I mean, he looked, you look, I'm like, damn. Yeah. I mean, your, your nose was red. Eyes were, you know, rolling the back of your head. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I might, I might have, you know, I almost had to do the show myself that night. I talked more that night than I talked any other radio uh, broadcast I've done. Because I wanted to be there for my boy, Aton. Foxhole guy. (laughs) Well, look, here's the thing. I am a foxhole guy when it comes to now, at least everything except being sick. You're right. And and I think it's just it's maybe it's the climate, both physically and mentally that we live in. But I, I honestly I think that if you are a player and you have been told following mandates and you have been put through everything like this was a bubble they were in a Mm -hmm. bubble and the bubble worked for hockey the bubble worked for the nba the second time around the bubble worked for mls it did not work for major league baseball and i don't know it just reeks to me and i could be wrong but it reeks to me of rob manfred and company finding out that they had a positive test and they're like three feet away from the finish line. It's mm-hmm. like, no, 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 just, just get there. Just get there. Just get there. Yeah. And then they pull him and then he's back out and it kind of looks foolish. Yeah. That's what well, happened. The timeline is real murky too. I mean, like, you know, this was a test that was done the, the previous day. And then they did, they looked at another test that he had that, that same day. And both of them, you know, they had to look at both the tests and until they got both of them, I think. And then both of them said he's positive. Only then did they notify the Dodgers, hey, you got to get him out of the game. And I think that was like the ninth inning, right? It was prior uh, to the ninth inning. Yes. So, I mean, what's if you're, well, if you're Turner, well, you're like, what's the point, man? I've been, I've been out there for eight innings. Now you're going to stick me in this room for a half hour. Screw right. this. I want to run out there and get a picture with the trophy. He was pulled in the sixth, right? I, I think that's got, when they were. That, I think that might have been when the test came back. But I, don't, I thought they came back in the second, and he played until the sixth, and then was pulled. No, he was pulled in the eighth. Pulled in the eighth. Okay. okay. Yeah. And it's, it's murky. Like, it. It. Well, that's the whole point of this. Is you did not go into that night. It's very difficult based on how these tests have been turned around for everybody else in that mm-hmm. sport, in football, in basketball. If you're a politician, if you're anybody of importance, you get that test turned around pretty quick. And it was in, it took a day and a half 
for the test in Utah to come back as inconclusive. So they had to run it again. And then it came back last night as positive. This whole thing was so lax. And if you were not back to the wall finishing the season, it might look, okay, like they just had to deal with time and let time play out. But because, guys, they had their backs to the wall and they were just about to finish the season, it came across as like, well, don't worry about it. Just rush. Let's get it out there. And look, you can look at it from two ways. You can look at it from if you're really, truly concerned about the virus and you look at it as a hypocritical moment of safety and breaching that, or you can look at it as a hypocritical moment of pushing and preaching safety in this bubble for so long and MLB. And all of a sudden you see, well, when they had a chance to really test it, they didn't care. It's honest the way sports has been, you know, since they started, you know, watching it on TV, once it became popular at the end of the day, the top stars, the top flight guys are going to find a way to stay on the field. They're going to make sure that they stay on the field. I've seen guys that, you know, shouldn't have been walking, got, um, got a shot of toward all and they're out there running around like nothing's wrong. They're probably just tearing up everything inside their knee that they already know is messed up, but they still throw them out there. When you're a star, yeah, that star power, or when you're a player that they need you at that time, they'll find a way to put you on the field. They'll go through every type of loophole to make sure you're there to, uh, to basically, you know, do what you get paid to do. So, I mean, that just happens, man. It just happens all the time. Well, this is also one of these situations where you look at the guys who are generally directly affected or could be and those are the teammates and the personnel on on the field with the Dodgers I haven't seen any of them voice anything negative about Turner being out there but yet it's all the people on Twitter the Twitter outrage you know the mob getting all offended and say oh Turner's so selfish and all you know what I mean like the if the players aren't upset with him why should I be well because the players don't know the players. <laughs> what do you mean? The players don't know. They they, they, they found have, out. No, but that they don't. They don't have any idea. Like you and I don't have any idea. None. None of these guys. Just because they're playing the sport doesn't mean that they have any advanced knowledge of how this works or doesn't work. In fact, you had guys at the start of the season just shrug it off and act like it really wasn't going to be a factor. Like anybody could get caught in this bubble. And then on top of that, you have Rob Manford come out and say, well, Justin Turner was removed from the game, immediately isolated to prevent the spread. So Mm -hmm. why would Manford say that? And why would the Dodgers then do that only to have it then blow up? Like if they didn't say anything and Rob Manford didn't say anything, then I think you can look at it and say, well, nobody really brought this up. But baseball and the Dodgers went out of their way. Well, because somebody would have unearthed it, and then they would have said the Dodgers are covering it up. They never told us. They never pulled him out of the game, and they never told anybody, so they were trying to cover it up. Then your conspiracy theory would have direct merit. You know, They're like, hey, just don't tell anybody. Let's just get the game over with. Get to the finish line. And then, you know, Jeff Passan finds out, and then the next day in ESPN, they're, you know, hey, the Dodgers, you know, they they buried this. It was a cover-up. All right, real quick, let's listen to what might be an inebriated Rob Manford. We'll come back, chat about the decision to pull Blake Snell. You can hit us up at Harry Mays TU, at Shander Show, at B Brooks 72 NBCS. We're across the board, 800 224 2004. This is Rob Manford presenting the championship trophy. You thrilled our fans throughout the postseason with a great performance. 
You led the Dodgers to a World Series victory, and it's my pleasure to recognize your great play with the Willie Mays Most Valuable Player Award presented by Chevrolet. Oh, my God. You know who he sounds like without the accent? Mm. It sounds like Joe Conklin doing that snapper guy. Oh, yeah, Chick Snapper. <laughs> Chip, Chip Snapper. Chip Snapper, he, yeah. Like, I got delays everything uh, out. <laughs> now, without the tone or the twang of being right. in Kensington, if Rob Manford was from Kensington, that's exactly who he'd sound like. Yeah. Wow. That the all-time greatest right there. That That's that's what that's what celebrating with your he, – he's just letting his hair down because he's now it's him. over. It's over now. You know. You know uh, what happened? Finished. I think Hold he. On. I think he downed a bottle of vodka when he found out that Justin Turner tested positive for COVID during the game. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. We, we, we'll be back more on on this ridiculous night in baseball, and we'll continue to talk about some other things happening in the break here in Philadelphia, including the best place to buy a hot dog in the entire state. It's the Middle PhillyVoice.com/slash the Middle and. Of course, on all sports map radio platforms. All right. The philosophy that guides my work as an attorney is number one, that we are in place of a position of trust. And that trust provides a certain obligation upon us that we must um, fulfill for each and every client. That a client just simply isn't another number. Uh, while we may have many cases here, um, the client only has one, and they deserve the utmost attention, information, and a full and candid um, relay of the aspects of their litigation and for us to be available for questions. We understand that the questions involved in litigation go beyond the case. Uh, the, the clients often have many challenges that they have to face as a result of the um, incident that led them to us. And we must first and foremost appreciate that and make sure that we're there to help throughout not only the case, but also throughout the client's life. So two minutes and we are back. So, Ron, we have to see if Ron can, can hear. Hey, asked Ron. To buy in and you've asked him yo, to yo. play well and you've asked him yo, to Ron. be your guy. And then he hello, goes, hello. does that. And the move to Tua is the best right, for well, Miami. We'll get Ron when, he, when he's back. He might be pulling something. Do you remember, this is a great call by Ron, and we also have, geez, I'm going to make sure we're back at the right time, 2940. Um, do you remember this guy, Foster Brooks? Harry? Yeah, of course. Right? Sure, yeah. He was. He played like a, a drunk. Yeah, not Barrett Brooks. Yeah. Do you remember, uh, <laughs> he was famous for these roasts, too, mm-hmm. where he would do like the, as Harry said, he'd play yeah. a drunk. He's no Kind of like Dean Martin. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. But Dean, did Dean do that on purpose where he had like this drunk bit? That was an act. That was an act for Dean. I don't know if Foster was really inebriated, but if he wasn't, he was really good at it. Mm, okay. Yeah. Let's see. Plays hey, Ron. Snap, even if he kneels down, comeback player of the year. Yo, now, Ron Culver. What, do you want to do a compare and contrast with yeah. Foster Brooks? I like that. Yeah. And it gives me an op- You know, this guy who's talking right here, Tony D, it's Tony and Ron in the morning here on Sports Map Radio. Uh-huh. Tony is another huge King of Queens hop. Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So there's another guy on this channel, on this network, Harry, that loves the show as much as I do. Wow. 
Alex Smith. In fact, Eric there's Donald a King of Queens reference incoming. All right. He's like riding. Like, I feel like <laughs> and I'm it has everything to do with Foster like, Brooks. <laughs> You're like 500 pounds. That stick. Is hey, Ron, are you there? The fact that he got up, man, is great. I think Ron just got up. It was like, screw this. I think, though, if we do the comparison. Hey, Ron. Yo, Ron. You're listening to The Middle on the Sports Map Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander, Barrett Brooks, and Harry Mays. All right, so a couple of things here. Let's listen to Tim Kirkjian mention last night on television his thoughts on what happened, what went wrong. Now, Justin Turner clearly will dominate the conversation. It was a nice little disagreement between the three of us. And I think it's definitely worth your time. We'll put that back up for you if you missed it. If you just joined us, phillyvoice.com slash the middle sports map radio as well. Ron's pulling some Foster Brooks. Is That's a great comparison. Yeah. If anybody knows Foster Brooks. The and- lovable lush. Was and the he character did it on purpose, right? This yeah. was it. Yeah, he'd do it on all the t- like the Tonight Show. He was a regular guest with Carson, uh, the Dean Martin shows, those roasts like you talk about, which were really big in the seventies and eighties. He played, Rickles. yeah, Don Rickles. Rickles, yeah, Carol O'Connor. He's mm-hmm. roasted them all in the drunk persona. So, real quick, you know that I love King of Queens, right? And Foster mm-hmm. Brooks is referenced in King of Queens <laughs> because Doug, the star of King of Queens, has to he. he finds his way in this awful situation of having to roast his boss at IPS, which is basically UPS, but they Mm -hmm. call it IPS. And (laughs) he's sitting there just panicking on what to do on how to roast his boss. Cause you know, you have to roast your boss. You might get fired, all this other thing. So Jerry Stiller, Arthur, of course, who's fantastic is sitting there trying to show him old tapes of old roasts so that he can watch it. And one of them is, when he gets up, Doug is so frustrated, he gets up. And Arthur's like, wait, wait, wait. Try the old Foster Brooks routine. And then he kind of mimics Foster Brooks, being like, <laughs> you know, doing like the hit right. thing as, as he's drunk. So that's the only way and reason why I even know who Foster Brooks is because of that television show. But <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I, I, Barrett, good- Barrett, over the last couple of days, we've learned a lot about Aton that you may not have known. I've known. But he's learned he's learned history through the Simpsons and he's learned about like old time, you know, Hollywood and, you know, old time actors through King of Queens. Like these are his reference points. Right. I I imagine that I'm learning about television through television. I I just just hope you don't, you know, base a marriage on how that marriage is. I mean, you, you don't do that, do you? Oh, the King of uh, Queens marriage? Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've outkicked my coverage. Yeah. <laughs> to it. She's referenced me at times of, you know, you remind me of this Doug guy so much. So as, as long as she's not talking about me physically, like circumference, then you know, I, I think I can do that. All right, now you're so, fat shaming Doug. Well, no, I'm not, that show is he, there's such a great amount of self-awareness of him. He, he, like he constantly rips himself. He likes to eat. He's a big guy. Like that's part of his humor. So mm-hmm. any of us who have a little extra poundage on us and notice the pronoun I used us, I think we can appreciate that. Well, I mean, you can appreciate Doug's his, his, his allegiance to his friends too. He'll be in a foxhole with them. He would definitely, man. That's right. He would, he would not go out there 
you know, if, if COVID was out there. Unlike you, yes, you wouldn't even come me. close to us. Yeah, you, I'm, you I'm okay being that guy in the non-COVID <laughs> foxhole. Doug right? would be there with us. Now, this is Tim Kirkjian from last night talking about the decision. Then coming up in the next segment, we'll blast a little Foster Brooks for you and see about this comparison. But this is Tim Kirkjian on what went down last night. This postseason, relief pitchers threw more innings than our starting pitchers threw. We have lost the value of our starting pitchers. There is no way that a guy who faced 18 batters tonight, struck out nine of them, had one hard hit ball, should be taken out. Nicky Anderson is a great relief pitcher. He allowed one inherited run the whole season. And he allowed three in the postseason. And he set a major league record for most postseason appearances in a row, allowing a run. Seven, he's not the same guy. We have stopped watching the game. And Kevin Cash is going to get killed for this, and rightfully so. But it's the front office of the Rays and the front office everywhere that has lost track of how the game should be played. I'm sorry. I give up. This is too much. But the magnifying... Let's give a standing ovation for Tim Kirkshire. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we have stopped watching the games. I love that point because it's like you're you've taken sort of the gut feel away from these managers. And I, you know, Cash might might have a great gut feel, but they're doing this because these analytic departments basically run the on-field product. As the game goes on, it's like hey, it's the third time through the order. There was one hard hit ball. You got to take him out. There's no feel for the game anymore, and it pisses me off. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Joe Torres and the guys like that are are dinosaurs now. So everything's about analytics and mm-hmm. you know things that they are. He's he's. I mean, what was the last time a pitcher pitched a full game? What is it about ten years now <laughs> since that's happened? <laughs> I think it's that long, but yeah, I <laughs> get your point. Though, you yeah. know, I don't feel like that. Yeah. But here, here's my question, and it's not leading or anything like that. Doesn't it feel like as much as we talk about and incorporate analytics? into our daily conversation about other sports. Even Doug Peterson, who like two years ago relied on more analytics than not on going forward on fourth down. Like we rarely see it take over a game. Now football, you make one bad mistake that could cost you the game. Mm -hmm. But I feel like to your point, Harry, about what Tim just said and, and Barrett, you're talking about the dinosaurs no longer being around. We really don't have other sports dictated by analytics. Baseball seems to be the lone sport that is constantly dictated yeah. by analytics. And that I agree is, is just, it's awful. It's tough to watch. Oh no. Basketball. Uh, well, hold on, hold on. We got a break, but we'll, let's finish this conversation in the break. Phillyvoice.com slash the middle sports map radio. Mortgage. I don't know why that was so low. Yeah. The, the audio coming back is really low. Like the sound bites and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why that dropped. It, it shouldn't have. The uh, the Rob Manford wasn't low. Yeah, it was kind of, but on my end it was a little really? bit. Yeah, yeah. I boosted it on my end. We'll see. Um. So you think that it's that NBA? Like, hold on, hold on. Before we get to that, NBA? I was watching the Undoing Man. Oh, did you watch it? Oh, it's a one episode of it, right? Yes, yes. All right, we we need a segment for that. So uh, it it didn't it didn't didn't hit didn't you move yet? you? No, not really. Hmm. Not really. I didn't see it yet. Although it was a lot of nudity in it, but oh yeah, great yeah. amount. Of nudity. Oh. <laughs> what do you mean by great amount? The great the amount of nudity was great, or the great amount of nudity? <laughs> no, there was great. There was. Oh, I mean, to be fair, you saw two different three technically. You even got a nice little shot of Nicole Kidman. 
this other woman, and I will I'll save what happens to her for Harry so she can watch it, or you know, he can watch what happened. But the the main woman who's naked is amazing. She's beyond beautiful. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I gotta find out who this woman is. So it's not Nicole Kidman who's nude. Uh you see you see the backside of her, you see like her in a nighty with the nipples showing. Well, that's probably a body double then if it's the backside. No, 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 it's her. It's, it I is? Mean, look, unless they put her face on top of the body double. Mm. But no, I, I, you, you see her. I mean, she looks great. The only problem I have with Nicole Kidman is every now and again, her accents come out. Mm. Every now and again. You got an issue with that? It's it's not that I have an issue. It's just that it's noticeable, right? She's from Australia, mm-hmm. but I think she spent a lot of time or she still has this thing from working in, in like Boston mode. So she, every now and again, you'll hear an Australian accent come out or you'll hear a Boston accent come out. That's all. Boston As Brown. Yeah. It, hear it. He's, he's, he's the coach Brown. She's a coach Brown. No, no, no. no Okay, I'm about to say Australian. Australian. That's yeah, Boston. Australian. Yeah, that's yeah. Australian. Yeah. Right. Um, the undoing is is all right. So we'll we'll talk about that coming up either before we wrap here or maybe uh next at the top there. But I'm trying to find the woman who's in this. She's so familiar. I've seen her somewhere else. I just I can't tell you where. She's new to me. The Phillies She's are been- plus four thousand for the World Series next year. Jeez. Wow! I can't. So, so if I put a if I put a hundred bucks, well, I put a thousand bucks on it. How much will I win, Harry? A thousand times four thousand. A lot. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, four thousand times uh, what a hundred, right? Yes. Yeah. Times a hundred. Matilda De Angelis. Mm. My goodness, you, you need to see this woman. She is incredibly attractive. Matilda. The middle. Yes. On the Sports Matilda Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios. Here's Aton Shander, Barrett Brooks, and Harry Mays. Well, let's listen to well, we did. We heard Rob Manfred. We heard the Tim Kirkigen comment. And again, we'll continue to take your comments live, Phillyvoice.com slash the middle, as well as Sports Map Radio. You can hit us up on Twitter at the Brooks 72 NBCS at Harry Mays to you and at Shander Show. And of course, we do have a phone line for you that's active at 800 224 2004 The two big things we talked about so far, just to kind of bring you up to speed from last night's game, the debacle or issue or non-issue, depending on where you sit, with Justin Turner testing positive, coming back out to celebrate, and then based off of the move that makes no sense on the surface to pull Blake Snell in that game by Cash, the manager, just the continued conversation about analytics and how much it pans everything down from just watching and enjoyment of the game. Harry even gave Kirkajan a standing ovation. That's the first standing O Barrett we've had on this program. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I appreciate him saying that. I mean, you know, because he's an old school guy too, but he embraces – and has embraced analytics, but he, he even knows when enough is enough. I mean, that was a ridiculous situation last night. You have the yeah. ace on the mound, and he only had thrown 73 pitches. He was dominant up until that point. He, had, Like Tim said, he had one hard-hit ball. Out of 18 hitters that he faced, he struck out nine of them. He was in total command of that game. 
Right. And you react to that one guy getting on base, and all of a sudden, Cash couldn't wait to jump out of the dugout. I mean, it, he was almost like saying, "Hey, if he gets a hit here, uh, I'm pulling him." Like I, yeah. he couldn't wait to get to An- uh, Anderson, and Anderson had given up eight earned runs in his last eight appearances and 14 hits. So he wasn't the same guy in the playoffs that he was during the regular season, and he couldn't wait to go to him. It's crazy, that's ridiculous, man. And, yeah. and that's that's the that's. The feeling of, of, of sports starting to leave more and more is, is, is going to get controlled by, I guess, robots or something, you know, yeah. because there's too many, you know, facts, figures and, 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 you know, writing stuff up instead of just going out with having a feel for the game. You're letting the game flow through you. Mm-hmm. Where, where, where's the organic feel of the game? It's, go, it's leaving, man. It's leaving. And it's, it's, know, it's leaving with, and also the fans are leaving with it. It's a good point. You know, that, that's, it, it looks almost like outlandish when you hear it. But it makes sense to me, Barrett, about how you really have taken away the feel of managing a baseball game if you can apply simple algorithms and mathematics to it. I mean, it's like having some cases where you have like an automatic DJ who's playing song after song. And all you need to do is just go in there and say, well, you just heard fill in the blank from Bruce Springsteen coming up. Pink Floyd, you know what I mean? Like, that's all you're doing. And, right. and you basically don't even need a real voice. You can almost have one of these advanced Siri voices stepping in and doing it for you to where you probably don't even need a manager anymore. You could probably just have somebody in the front office sitting up there doing something with their phone or on an app and being like, all right, boop, call to the bullpen. Boop, pull this guy out. Boop, run the switch. Yeah. Boop, run the shift. That's what B101 has been doing for, for decades. <laughs> uh, Katie Perry. You know, it's like some Siri voice. It's not even a real person. Right. Right. We've replaced already. Music started first. That's what this genre will never be able to do. Right. We'll never be able to find some jackass sounding on a Siri right. app who could just talk about not spew nonsense for two hours or three hours at a time. We're safe, guys. Right. We, we are. are. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> what happened to the guts of the game? You know, what happened to a player gutting it out? I, I've seen guys as they go farther, you think they're tired, and all of a sudden they just gut it out and just, mm-hmm. you know, they throw like, you know, two more innings just off of pure heart. Right. And and and, and, and get better during that time. And yeah. it's, it's gone now. Yeah. That, I mean, that's like a, a, a starting pitcher that doesn't have his A stuff and he just knows it from the start, but he goes out there and guts it out. We've seen that over, over the years. And I love that. But Snell had his A stuff last night. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Did. yeah I mean, Xander put it up there six for six with six K's on his first three batters and they had a right. lead. Now, yeah. Greg, I know yeah. they lost it, but they had a lead. And I, I, I just, I don't know. It was everything you wanted. You wanted the Rays to win the first three. You wanted Snell to have something before he had a little bit of a stumble, knowing it was coming, how difficult it is to just close out a Dodgers team, one through nine, one through nine innings on top of that. And it was like Cash managed that the opposite. It was like the guy had the bases loaded. He had already given up three runs. He was drenched in sweat, looking right. over in the, at the dugout, being like, help me, help me. Yeah. I just wish we could have like gone back in time last night to have Cash Kevin Cash come out of the dugout and it's Pedro Martinez in the late 90s early 2000s on the hill throwing 73 pitches and being as dominant and he, Pedro would have Pedro would have just kicked his ass and sent him right, right back to the dugout. Right. Right. You know? He he got halfway he'd have ran and kicked him in the chest. Get on back in the dugout. <laughs> it was some great 
tweets and just memes of that just going full like murder mode. Mm -hmm. saying like if you don't see or hear from snell in the next two weeks and you can't find cash's body just like all this stuff about how upset and angry he was i know and then they kept showing snell as as the rally the dodgers rally's unfolding right he's got a mask on and he's sitting there it it was probably fortunate that he had a mask on because i I would love to have known what he was saying to the guy next to him i would have just gone total paul o'neill on the water cooler if i was him you know, real quick, before we listen to Rob Manford again and get this Foster Brooks up, I would think that there is a significant decrease over the last four or five months that goes hand in hand with the increase of wearing masks around our society and our country and where we live here in Philly and PA. I would bet money that there is a significant decrease in people brushing their teeth before they go out. As opposed to pre-mask wearing. I swear, I smell some people's bad breath from six, seven feet away, and they're wearing a mask. And I'm thinking, you thought to yourself, you didn't have to brush your teeth today because you have a mask on, and you can go run to a Walmart or Whole Foods or wherever. See, now that is next level thinking. I, I totally get. I, no, I don't do it. Okay, I, oh, I well, brush my teeth, you know, twice a day, and sure. you know, that kind of thing. I've had issues with teeth, and you can see that I, I, you know, I got them all fixed. Everything's good. I'm not losing these teeth again. But I think you make a great point. Is people are like, look. I just have to duck out and go do some shopping, run some errands. I, you know, I'll put my hair in a hat and I don't even brush my teeth because I have a mask on. I smile all day on TV, so I, I have to do it. I have to, well, sure. I have to brush my teeth, but stay groomed. But I've seen, I've seen some people, man, and I, like I've seen even some girls, man, that just, you know, I mean, come on now, at least do your hair. I mean, yeah. do your hair when you come outside, you know. There's no mask for the hair unless you're right. wearing a hat. I right. feel like the mask for the mouth allows people subconsciously to think. Well, I don't need to address it. Right. I don't need to deal with. I guarantee you, they got some chapped up lips and some funky <laughs> teeth out there. <laughs> the dragon thinking, well, I, I could wear a mask and that yeah. it's going to protect you from COVID. It won't protect you from your bad breath leaking out on the line at the bank. And they got this though. tongue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. But how about this? I bet you Andy Dalton's still flawless. Oh, eyebrows. Yeah. I mean, he still goes and get them done. I mean, I wonder how did, how was he doing in COVID? You know, he can't just go out and just go to the same lady. I mean, what what did, what did he do, man, to keep it just flawless like that? Uh, you, you have to pay extra, bring yeah. somebody to you. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I have a house calls. I mean, yeah, come on, man. Absolutely. I, I can't I can't think like you guys, man. You guys not gonna pull me down this this rabbit hole, man. <laughs> Even in concussion protocol, he's gonna wax those eyebrows. Absolutely. He'll have somebody do it. He was knocked out for six seconds, and somebody was immediately on call in case it was a longer KO to be able to manicure those eyebrows. The guy, somebody come every six hours, even if he's sleeping, somebody comes in. Oh, don't wake him. He likes to sleep on his left side. This is how you do it. You get one eyebrow, and then you wait. You might have to wait 20 minutes. But you know, oh, man. that noise he'll make, just, just don't worry. You won't wake him up. I mean, I'm sure that guy, he's immaculate. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he was he was knocked out first thing he did when he opened his eyes <laughs> that's right check his eyebrows <laughs> all right this is let's recap this is rob manfred this is the trophy presentation by a man who is a commissioner of a professional sport here he is Corey, you thrilled our fans throughout the postseason with a great performance 
You led the Dodgers to a World Series victory, and it's my pleasure to recognize your great play with the Willie Mays Most Valuable Player Award presented by Chevrolet. All right, now I have to ask, is that something with the audio in his defense? Could it be something wrong with the audio? Absolutely not. That was an all-time. I'm glad we finally got back to this. I am so proud of the way he did that. I mean, why not get sauced up before you just go out there and and, and give the presentation of the trophy, man? Let I mean, he... to the World Series. <laughs> I mean, he's the commissioner, Barrett. Don't you think that he should be somewhat coherent? Well, that was a... Goodell would be that belligerent. That was be- that was amazing, man. I was man. He was up there getting sauced up too, man. He was having a nice time. But he's like, "Yeah, let me let my hair down. We made it through this MF, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Wait, are we, we did sure, it. Are we positive that Rob Manford wasn't doing an homage to his favorite comedian of all time, Foster Brooks? We actually uh, we pulled some Foster Brooks. So let's see who did it better. Was it Rob Manford doing Foster Brooks or Foster Brooks doing Foster Brooks? Thank you, very, thank you very much. As the Frederick and gentleman just told you, I have never met Don Rickles. In fact, he's probably wondering what I'm doing here. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Now that's absolutely that, amazing. It's kind of tough, I think. It it, it probably seems easy to do mm-hmm. acting wise, but I think it's tough to be a convincing drunk when you're sober. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to kind of act over the top and like, oh yeah, you're drunk and all that, but to actually act like you're truly sauced is it's not as easy, I, I think, as it may seem. I will you tell you what is easy: acting like you're completely sober when you are sauced. <laughs> right. All right. I've made a living out of it. Yeah, Rob Manfred has not. Yeah, right. You you are the anti-Manfred. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, not Manfred man either. No. You could be sauced up right now. We don't know. Rob right. Manfred has one drink, and it's like he's blacked out. This was what, coffee, though. What, yeah. what, what do you say, guys? Yeah, exactly. Barrett. Look, Barrett's got the... <laughs> <laughs> Phillies are 40 to 1 to, to, uh, to win the World Series, to go to the World Series, win the World Series. Can, can 40 we, to 1. Can we stop? Can we stop comparing the Philadelphia Phillies to either one of these baseball teams that played last night? They, The Phillies are so bad and such a wretched display of a front office and incompetent. I mean, how do you guys honestly think that no. they're a week or two away? No. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying we, we can't even sign our pitcher. I mean, uh, our um... – our, our, our catcher back. I mean, can we at least get a catcher? We have an all-star catcher. Well, we used to have an all-star catcher. Used to. Ah. What, do we, what do we do now, man? Well, I mean, just just hide in a corner and get in the fetal position while the Braves and Mets pound you into oblivion. And our farm league sucks. We have nobody to bring up. At a farm team, like, do you remember when they actually had like four or five of these high prize? What awful. That's probably the worst thing that happened last night in, in from a sports standpoint here is watching two teams that are light years away from this team in Philly. And you mentioned it, Barrett, about to lose the best catcher in baseball. Oof. Now, we, so, have, an, we have an update. We have a Twitter update 
on one of our own here. Oh, yeah? Yeah, th- there has been a blocking by LeBron James on one of our own here on the network. What? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll explain it all uh, when we get back. I and Barrett have watched the first episode of The Undoing, the new show on HBO with Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant and some other people. Doesn't seem like Barrett is so thrilled about it. I am. So we'll kind of mine and and find out what Barrett liked, what he didn't like, and give Harry enough of a preview without a spoiler so he can catch up and actually watch the damn show. Is that fair? That's fair. Okay. You're listening to the middle, phillyvoice.com slash the middle, and of course, on SportsMap Radio. The philosophy that guides my work as an attorney is, number one, that we are in place of a position of trust. And that trust provides a certain obligation upon us that we must um, fulfill for each and every client. That a client just simply isn't another number. Uh, While we may have many cases here, um, the client only has one. And they deserve the utmost attention, information, and a full and candid Um, relay of the aspects of their litigation and for us to be available for questions. We understand that the questions involved in litigation go beyond the case. Uh, The the clients often have many challenges that they have to face as a result of the um, incident that led them to us. And we must first and foremost appreciate that and make sure that we're there to help throughout not only the case, but also throughout the client's life. Uh, We're back in two minutes, two minutes. Two minutes. So, top of the hour. Get back into something specific here with us. I don't know. I mean, we can do whatever we want, to be honest with you. Well, I thought you were talking about Nicole Kidman. That's what what you were. Oh, yeah, we can definitely get back to talking about Nicole Kidman. Nebraska-Wisconsin is canceled. Yeah, Wisconsin had a bunch of COVID, right? Yeah, all their quarterbacks have it. Yeah, Yeah, all of them. Apparently, Mertz had it before the game and tested negative, they're saying. Yeah. Wow. Because the team hit the Big Ten's positivity threshold. He'll be fine. They have an outbreak on their hands. Don't know the extent of it yet. Yeah, that's the difference. It's You know, they have this threshold. The Big Ten has put in place this positivity threshold, but Wisconsin didn't hit it. They just hit it with a, with one position. Right, right. We are saying a threshold, a certain number of players that test positive makes you cancel a game, but they had their whole position group wiped out. Right. <laughs> I, I think what happens is this is still like this hasn't been corralled yet. I don't think they realize how bad it could be from a positivity standpoint, like test positive, not necessarily bad as far as like health, but. That's what it looks like. But you kind of had that feel anyway, right? That it was at least going to be postponed. Yeah, with no quarterbacks. I mean, what are they going to do? Oh, that would be really fun if they just, if they moved. I'm sure one of these kids they've recruited to play another position, even played high school quarterback. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Can you imagine the line and everything? You stick one of those wide receivers back there, you know, and just let him run the ball or. Amazing. All right, we have a, a special treat back at the studio here, all right? You're listening to The Middle on the SportsMap Radio Network. 
Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander, Barrett Brooks, and Harry Mays. Now, we don't have the time to get into my beef with Jake Asman, who, of course, runs the Jake Asman Show on Map Radio before us, 9 to 11 Eastern. He is a great fellow New Yorker, although he roots for the Jets. But he put a tweet out, and I thought this was pretty ridiculous responded to it, found out that Jake is actually here. Jake was blocked just recently, 11 hours ago, fellas, by LeBron James. Blocked <laughs> on Twitter by LeBron. Now, Jake, if you can explain real quick, what the hell happened that, of all people, like LeBron James would block you? I know you're verified and all, but how did this go down? Yeah, uh, so, you know, last night I'm on Twitter, and, of course, the Dodgers win the World Series, and I see LeBron pop up on my Twitter feed that he's tweeting about, oh, we need a parade, LA is the city of champions, us and the Dodgers. And I'm like, us and the Dodgers? And LeBron has been tweeting nonstop about the Dodgers during this World Series. I'm like, you're the same guy a few years ago that was all in about the Indians. He's- you're a guy that was wearing a uh, a Yankees hat at a yeah. playoff game back in 07. So I've always called out fake fans. That's been a, something I've talked about on the radio show. I know you too as well, Aton. Fraudulent fans. And LeBron is like the ultimate fraudulent fan. So I just pointed it out and tweeted two pictures of him in different jerseys or hats, and he didn't like it. He blocked me. Uh, that's great work out of you. <laughs> I'll take it. You know, it's yeah. right up there as far as career accomplishments, being able to say that uh, the second greatest basketball player ever blocked me. I'll, I'll, oh, that, oh, that's why nice. you're going to get blocked by saying that. You know what? You know what that gets you? <laughs> Throw that in there. That gets him a follow from me, Jake Asman. I'll take it, Harry. Boom. You guys do a great job, by the way. I love the new show. Thanks, Appreciate buddy. it, man. Now, he won't tell you how to get verified, but. Yeah, you know, that annoys you. That oh, sticks in your crawl. I'm like Tom Brady and Nick Foles. I'll never shake Jake Asman's hand again. <laughs> We're back hour two. It's the middle. Oh, geez. <laughs> oh, you get, you let out a great odd ah, geez yesterday, right at the end of the OT with uh, McMullen. Because his freaking Wi-Fi was on the fritz again. You're like, ah, geez. It was right out of my book from years ago. The disgust and disdain in your voice was so palatable. My mom mom keeps trying to log on, and she can't log on. She's in St. Louis, man. What's going on, man? Oh, she can't log on to watch the show? Yeah, Yeah, she's trying, trying her best. So I need one of you guys to, like, text me the exact link so I can text to her. How to get on. So the easiest way is to watch the show is phillyvoice.com slash the middle. I got to take a leak. So if you do (laughs) phillyvoice.com slash the middle, that that should be fine. Like you can even text that. You can watch that on the phone. You can, if you're in the car, you can definitely just put it right up there on a stand and run it through an aux or through a USB or through a Bluetooth, whatever it may be. So I'll even put it up here so you can see it on the chat. Phillyvoice.com slash the middle. See that? Phillyvoice.com slash the middle. Hold up, let me see. That's the difference. It's not up. No? No. Okay. I wonder why. Visit culturemap.com for all of the hey, hot spots in Houston, Austin. What?
So I, I don't know why that happened all of a sudden. Those favorite dining but dens. Culture Map has it all. Then before you leave town, why not I had to drop him to, to kill the echo. The but then, but then he see, what's that? To do in the had to drop who? Jake. Check out culturemap.com. Okay. But I don't know. But then, but then he was coming out low on on the show. Yeah. So is there a way not to? Not a clue. For you. You couldn't. You can't boost him anymore. Jake, Didn't no, you, because you're watching the, the live stream, you're not what I thought you looked like. Oh, boy. How do you take that? I would take like, it as an insult. Huh. Right? Yeah. Right? Because, like, right now, I'm hearing an echo again. You are? Yeah. Like, so how am I supposed to take that exactly? I, I'm, you're not Should be what gone, I right? You would look like. And they're trying What's to that? Effort, but, yeah, now it's gone. Okay. That voice. Now you guys are low. They thought I was older than I am. You don't have an old okay. man voice. I don't buy Stupid that. Remote. I'm 43 years old. Thing, like, well, how old awesome. am I supposed to sound? Like, I don't sound like I'm a kid. Who has an old voice? Like, like Mr. Burns? Like, the line was, hey, Matt, first time I actually see what you look like. Wasn't All right, so. Exclamation <laughs> Text it to me when you get through, hey, John. Take that. Do you hear an echo now? Oh, good. I figured you were a lot older with that. Yes. No. You yeah, do? For all weekday afternoons from 1 to 4 Eastern. Stop with the Jeff Van Gundy for you the still do? time getting every job. No, I'm not. Be able to last 15 years. The guy's got the cushiest job in television. If he comes back after what it's what has it been now 20 are, years right? uh, to coach, I'll keel over. Yeah. For every well, I mean, now it's just it's hard to tell because I'm hearing it. I'm hearing what you're playing right now. I'm not playing the, anything. Through the, through the speaker. Well, no. I can hear you. I can tell the volume going up and down. Right. Just and that's through the speaker. Whether or not that shows up on air, I don't know. And here's why. I keep getting emails from Walgreens about promotional stuff and deals of the week and all this other nonsense. Here's the issue. I have unsubscribed from Walgreens email list multiple times. How does this sound? Five, probably more. And every time I get an email from them, I just am dumb. I think it'll be okay. Okay. It's literally, you guys are talking, it's fine. It's if I'm playing a soundbite or like when Jake jumped on. Right. Or, if, you know, the moment where I jumped on, I could hear, uh, I could hear the echo then. But when you guys <laughs> number and email address so we could check into this further. Now, in theory, that makes sense, right? They'll check into it. I don't know if I want to message them my phone number or email, though. Because then, you know what they're going to do? They're going to say, oh, this schmuck's putting us on blast. You're going back to email list hell, Jake. I hope you brought your sunblock. The Jake Osmond Show, weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Eastern. Wake up, calls. I guess the only issue with Tampa winning the Stanley Cup, uh, they I don't not know. This, this thing is boo-hoo. Now, the guy that has to ass. travel with. Jeez. What a pain. What? No, it's like all of a sudden this echo is back, and it was fine for a while. Even I don't hear it. No, they they hear it somehow. Like they're hearing themselves back, and and I'm mixing it on the board here. But in order to get it to where it was, where we could hear Jake, and there wasn't any echo, it was low. Mm. But Jake Asman just gave me a Asman just gave me a follow on Twitter. Nice. You following me, man? <laughs> let me let me let me do the same. Uh, you you know uh, nobody is obliged to follow. No, he's. A good I guy. have to now. He's a good dude. He says he had nothing to do with the check mark. Yeah, he's lying. <laughs> <laughs> 
Are we going to talk about this um, Matilda woman? And what's this Philly food thing that you? Oh yeah, I got a hot dog. Jake, Jake might have, Jake might have that. (laughs) Jake has the the ginger hair also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eyebrows and everything, huh? No hot dog. Come on, Harry. Oh, uh, no hot dog. Middle starts now on the Sports Map Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Home loans that fit your life. Rocket Can. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander, Barrett Brooks, and Harry Mays. Yes, hour two of the program, and we got a lot to get to as we hit hard. The world of Major League Baseball, the World Series comes to an end last night but maybe more importantly we also have our update on a show that i thought the three of us would be up on but harry has yet to really jump in on that so well and i'm the one who even suggested i'm the one who brought it up last week and yet i'm lagging behind in watching the first episode yeah it's it's that's on me yeah it is it's on you and i think we have to take that into account that you are not a foxhole guy when it comes to <laughs> watching the show here. <laughs> Way to spin it. Now, I don't know what you want to blame it on, Harry, but yeah. doesn't look good. Well, Barrett watched the show. I watched the show. I know, and I, I heard you guys talking during the break that there's some uh, quite a plethora of nudity in episode one. Now, yeah, is yeah. this is this an obvious grab to get guys like me, guys like you, to say, "Oh, I'm in on this show," even though maybe the script or the character, you know, uh, development I mean, the first episode might not be up to snuff, but they they reel you in with nudity. Well, it, the the script is is it's it's bringing you in slowly, you know. And I'm one of those guys; I want instant gratification, so <laughs> nudity helped. Yeah, helped. I'll say this: there is a shot. I th- actually thought of you, Harry, because there's a <laughs> of Well, here's why. Because I, there's early, early, early in the episode, there is a shot of Nicole Kidman walking across her bedroom in a nightie. Mm-hmm. And while she's not naked, you can see things perk out. And I thought, well, this is right up Harry's alley because now he's in. Mm-hmm. And to your point, that's all it took. It was like a little worm baited on the hook. And I knew you would at least be in for the full 53 minutes after that little treat that you got. Okay. Well, I've yet to see this. I got to watch it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, we'll we'll talk about it coming up in a minute. We also have some things happening in in the National Football League and big news coming out of college with the Wisconsin game now canceled. Mm -hmm. But this show, I think, has some pretty strong potential from an HBO standpoint. See, I couldn't even hear that. God damn it. <laughs> if you turn to Rocket Mortgage, we can help guide you to those right decisions now. Are we in break? Mortgage yeah. rates are near historic lows. So now is it Can you hear that okay? Now I can. Right. Rocket yeah. Mortgage. If you need some extra money. What the hell's going on uh, over there? This this is just I got Did Jake, I, you know, did Jake Asman hijack the show? Something happened where all of a sudden they're getting the echo back. So I have to, I have to mix it. I have to live mix it over here, you know? I'm I'm Mix Master Mike. So you're like Pat Kinnean. I didn't, know that, I didn't know you were that talented. I'm not. That's exactly. why there's an echo. <laughs> if I was talented, you wouldn't see it. 
Oh, my goodness. All right. We are live. We'll be back in two minutes at Harry Mays to you at B Brooks 72 NBCS at Shander Show. For me, we've got a bunch of comments that will hit. We are live locally, of course, each and every day from the Fritz and B and Cooley studios. The philosophy that guides my work as an attorney is, number one, that we are in place of a position of trust. And that trust provides a certain obligation upon us that we must um, fulfill for each and every client. That a client just simply isn't another number. Uh, while we may have many cases here, um, the client only has one. And they deserve the utmost attention, information, and a full and candid um, relay of the aspects of their litigation and for us to be available for questions. We understand that the questions involved in litigation go beyond the case. Uh, the, the clients often have many challenges that they have to face as a result of the um, incident that led them to us. And we must first and foremost appreciate that and make sure that we're there to help throughout not only the case, but also throughout the client's life. All right. So we are back about a minute. Appreciate it, bro. Yep. Gotcha. Gotcha. You see where Jerry Jones apologized to that radio host? Yeah. Shan, is it Shan Sharif? I don't, I don't know. His, I, and R.J. Choppy. R, my buddy R.J. Choppy. <laughs> my good buddy R.J. Choppy. <laughs> I texted that. I just randomly texted that to Marks. Did you? <laughs> yeah. My good buddy R.J. Choppy. Do you remember Dan Schwartzman, Barrett? Dan Schwartzman, no. I don't remember. You might have been doing ESPN stuff and not actually been doing radio yet at the time. All right, here we go. This is The Middle on the SportsMap Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander, Barrett Brooks, and Harry Mays. Live from the Fritz and B and Cooley studios here in Philadelphia. You can get us a bunch of different ways at Harry Mays to you at B Brooks 72 NBCS at Shander Show, 800-224-2004. We've got news this is more breaking than not, so we should probably hit this to start the hour, and then we can get into this, what I thought was going to be a unanimously approved television show, but it seems as if there is some dissension in the ranks here. And maybe I'm the one dissenting, saying it's a good one. We don't know yet. Harry's going to be the deciding voice and factor. He has yet to watch it, but the new show, The Undoing. And also, I have something straight out of fake news a day early. 24 mm. hours early before we hit fake news again on Thursday at 1225 Eastern. You won't believe this story, but then again, you kind of will. So let's begin with the news that comes out in college football. Wisconsin is simply out of quarterbacks, guys. They, they yeah. don't have any more quarterbacks. Everybody's tested positive for COVID. Unbelievable. That's uh, what happens, man. I mean, you're going to force these guys to play during a pandemic. That's what happens. You got to be able to work through it. And, you know, just like the NFL, 
you're going to work through it. Baseball, work through it. Yeah. Basketball, work through it. College football, there are too many other, you know, factors that, you know, govern that, that, um, that sport. And, you know, you just, you're just not going to be able to do what you do at the um, upper echelon sports, the, the paid sports. So, you know, the universities are so tied to, to, to those guys and, and they're responsible for them you know, as opposed to the NFL where they're kind of responsible for them, but in, the, in, in college football, they're definitely responsible for them. So, you know, what if one of them kids die? I mean, that, that college will be over with. I mean, it'll be done. The sports program will be done if, uh, you know, one of those kids die or something like that. You know, and I'm not wishing that on anybody or saying anything, right. but I mean, just the legality of that would be crazy. Well, here's the thing. The Big Ten and the Pac-12, which hasn't even started playing yet. It's, it's this week they start, right? Yep, yep, yep. They, you know, in delaying so long for them to start, left themselves no wiggle room for yep. situations like this where the a team here, a team there might have to take a week or two off and, you know, juggle the schedule. They've got no wiggle room. So that, that that's the issue for them. Uh, Dan Patrick, I see, is saying that he has a source at Wisconsin saying that Graham Mertz, who was the quarterback that went nuts on Illinois, yeah, or, or on Illinois on Friday night uh, as in his first start, likely had COVID prior to the game, but tested negative. Right. So, mm. <laughs> you know, we get a lot of these, you know, false positives, false negative testing going on. It wasn't that the situation with Saban a couple of weeks ago where yep. they were saying there were false positives. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's another thing, too, is you you don't have the time right now. And we saw this with the NFL where it was it seemed as if handled in, in maybe and I say maybe a more timely manner. But if something like this comes out and maybe not even handling the covid outbreak, but handling what to do with the covid outbreak, it looks like unlike Minnesota or Tennessee or teams in the NFL, it looks like Wisconsin is still trying to gather up information. And they're still trying to figure out how wide of a spread this may be. And it's Wednesday. So yeah. can you really expect this team to figure out, well, okay, now we've cornered the spread and we only had 18 kids mm -hmm. and <laughs> night, and then them go play a football game on Saturday. Well, the interesting thing is, like, it, let's just say they had one quarterback that could actually play. Like their third string quarterback was not tested negative twice or whatever, and he's good to go. Do you think they'd still play? They might. Their quarterback well, position is decimated. Right, and that's the problem with you know college sports and, and well, all the major sports when you're in those meeting rooms. And that's why you know uh, the Raiders had to send their off starting off as a their offensive line home because you cannot have those guys in that meeting room. That's where that's you know that's where a concentration of, of spreading the virus will be right there in those meeting rooms. Mm -hmm. It might not hit other you know the DBs or. The, O line or stuff like, but in you in those small spaces, tight spaces, yeah. it's gonna you know it's gonna spread to all the guys within that um that space. Ah, uh, you know, I hate to bring back that first conversation we had in the first hour here, but is it simply different because we're talking about collegiate versus pro athletes, and that there's this expectation of well, pro athletes are covered by a union and it was collectively bargained and everything was agreed upon as opposed to relying on 18 to 20 year old kids who are in the middle of just being college kids mm -hmm. on top of being athletes and maybe students, but they are mostly athletes here and should be paid accordingly. But that's a different story. I'm just saying as far as, is it is it just treated differently simply because they're college kids? Well, there's also bigger rosters too. 
you know, you got more, you got more kids, you got 90 kids, let's say. So that gives you, you know, maybe 30 more guys that can test positive and spread it to the rest of the team than a, than a professional roster. I think it's more so the bearer responsibility, Mm. you know, um, the, the, the league and, and, you know, the union bear the responsibility of these NFL players. It's just the university itself is the bearer of the responsibility, you know, more so than anything. And, and a lot of these schools couldn't come back from like a Georgia state or, or, you know, or, or maybe even, you know, a smaller school, you know, those smaller schools just can't take, um, you know, anything happening to these guys, they couldn't handle the responsibility of being, you know, the, 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 the sole proprietary um, caregiver of these guys, as opposed, you know, you know, like the NCAA really doesn't have a, a, um, a real say so with these universities. Universities can really do what they want to do, but they act within the, you know, the guidelines of the NCAA, but they have no responsibility if something happens. That's why, you right. know, you don't right. see them suing the NCAA. You, you see them suing the schools as opposed to the NCAA. Mm-hmm. We don't have any other postponement as of now, right? In the Not that I know of. No, no, no. Top 25 action, no. of course. I mean, you know, if it's Sunbelt, unfortunately, that might not get front page ESPN, Fox Sports, CBS News, but definitely the Badgers game, on i would think postponement it's not like they're going to remove to our knowledge they're not removing this game from the schedule right uh i'm not sure i mean postponed is different than canceled right right and additionally to canceling saturday's game against nebraska the number nine badgers have suspended all football activities for at least a week all right but shouldn't there be some sort of allotment on the schedule to play this game i know they got a late start guys yeah why, if you can come back and play this game later in the season, then why shouldn't you? They're going to have to be able to come back and, you know, because because they didn't start, they're going to go in, you know, like Alabama, all these teams, you know, the SEC, they'll be able to have that week off, I mean, that month off before the bowl game. These guys, it'll almost be like they're going straight from, from, um, you know, the season right into the bowl game, the bowl game, um, a process, you know, so it's going to be harder on them anyways, going into that situation. So, I mean, they don't have any wiggle room, like you said, to, to really go into the, to the, to the postseason without, you know, just being, you know, that little break that you have off, you don't have that break off. All right. I saw Jeff Bruder put this up on our, uh, on our page. What do you call that? What do you call that? Aton? the, the uh, messages, so our, our comments. Yeah. We, the we comment section. Yeah, yeah. Comments on the stream. Yeah, Carlos Dunlap, uh, the disgruntled defensive lineman from the Bengals who wanted out of there. Yeah, he, he uh, put he, his house up for um, sale. Yeah, he put his house up for sale and told everybody about it on Twitter. Right. <laughs> so Cincinnati said, just go home. We're going to send you home and just and stay at home until we work out a trade. Well, apparently they did with the Seattle Seahawks for a player and a pick, says Ian Rappaport. No more specifics. But the Seattle Seahawks are a team that is absolutely putting all the chips in the middle of the table to go for a Super Bowl this year. Absolutely. Hey, real quick, is it Rappaport or Rappaport? I go Rappaport. I go Rappaport. Do you? Yeah, but now I think I might be wrong. You I don't know. So effortlessly. Like rap, rap sheet. Okay. Rap okay. sheet. That's what I say, rap sheet. Yeah, just there go you go, rap, rap sheet. sheet. This is pretty big for a team that their secondary has been victimized mm-hmm. often. They get no pass rush. Right. And now you think, well, you add a guy who can rush rush the passer, that might negate your issues in the defensive backfield, I would think. Or help to. It could right? help, yeah. 
Yeah, when, once uh, Jamal comes back, also, you know, they already uh, they're already in a situation where they're already favored. To me, they're the favorite in the NFC going into uh, the playoffs. The Seahawks, you know, yeah, the Seahawks. Right. Well, now John McMullen just tweeted uh, Doug Peterson uh, speaking to the media, I guess, and he says, "If Lane Johnson wants to play, I'm not going to stand in his way." So John says, "So basically, Lane is going to play." <laughs> yeah, of course he's going to play because well that's, that's the problem. well, that's been the problem this entire time is that it's like, oh, let me go out there and and check the ankle, and if the ankle's good, then we'll go play, as opposed to probably needing to take a week or maybe two weeks off and not have this issue continue to flare up. Mm-hmm. the entire season like i i don't honestly barrett i don't know but i can't anticipate that lane johnson one day this week or this year just wakes up all of a sudden healthy on that ankle and that there lies the problem you're never more healthy than when you go into camp right and he's never going to be healthy from that just like a, a high ankle sprain will last the entire season a hamstring will last the entire season mm-hmm. it's not one of those things that you can take off as much time as you want to once that injury occurs it's going to be like that till it fully heals and it's not going to fully heal until the end of the season when you can take quality time off even with rehab and those things you're still stretching you're still you know you're still irritating that muscle they just ice it down and you know after a while you get used to the pain you you can just play through it mm-hmm. but, but then he also know, had the cyst that he had to get drained too. He said, and then he's got the knee injury. I mean, he's he's pretty banged up. Well, he's banged up, and yeah. Kelsey's probably even worse than him, to be honest. Kelsey's held together right now with duct tape and bubble gum. Hmm. That's what has held together. He is the walking wounded, but he can't. They can't afford to have him not be there, so yeah. he's playing. I mean, these guys are get banged up. This is people don't understand. The body's not, you know, the human body's not meant to, to really walk upright, but to do what you're doing to your body. It's ridiculous. My 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 disability rating right now is eighty eight percent, eighty eight percent. I can draw um, disability from the government right now. Wait a second. My body is. You yes. have a disability rating? Yes, absolutely. What is this absolutely. pro football focus? I mean, what, who, who rates this stuff? <laughs> that medically, medically. Oh, okay. I went through the process. Medically, I am screwed. We need to up. get this, Aton. You and I need to get a disability rating because I guarantee you, I might be about half of Barrett. Well, yeah, you know, I didn't know this existed. Me well, either. Yeah. Is this how do you think people get yeah. like is this uh AARP? Like, how did you get this? <laughs> no, because I had to go through the process of, of line of duty and um stuff like that through the NFL mm-hmm. um, when I retired. And you have to, I mean, I went to about a thousand doctors, and 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 everybody's like, Man, I don't see why you're not walking around, you know, with you know, with 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 cane and everything else. Well, the body's just my body's just so used to going through pain and, and feeling pain that to yeah. me it's just an everyday um occurrence to me. You know, my shoulders. I just went to the doctor two weeks ago about my shoulders. I'm like, man, I gotta do something about my shoulders. I can't sleep at night because my shoulders hurt so bad. And I went in and got just the x-rays. Not even I I didn't get, you know, I just went and got x-rays and I can see where, you know, where my my shoulder, um my shoulder, whatever you call it, the cup, whatever like it is. The rotator I, cup. The rotator cup. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's instead of it being perfectly round, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's like it's got bumps in it. I mean, it's it's got you know dents in it, and it's mm-hmm. it's you know oblong in some places. You know, it's just it's a bad situation. My body is feeling it right now, but yeah, every day I force myself to get up and be on the radio with you guys. Oh, is that yeah. right? I, I, that's that. right. You're making the same sacrifice that Lane Johnson is making each and every week, Barrett, and we thank you for that, sir. I hear you. That you can be on the front line here on the middle. I mean, that's why we call it the middle, because you played in the middle. You played in the middle. 
I appreciate it, man. You know, because I know you guys will be in a foxhole with me, even if I had COVID. Nope. All right. right coming right? up. <laughs> nope. Coming up. This show is out. Week one is out. And I'm already dealing with a major first world problem when it comes with the undoing, the new show on HBO. Barrett Brooks, Harry Mays, Aton Chander. You are listening to The Middle on phillyvoice.com slash The Middle and Sports Map Radio. The philosophy that guides my work as an attorney is, number one, that we are in place of a position of trust. And that trust provides a certain obligation upon us that we must um, fulfill for each and every client. That a client just simply isn't another number. Uh, while we may have many cases here, um, the client only has one. And they deserve the utmost attention, information, and a full and candid um, relay of the aspects of their litigation and for us to be available for questions. We understand that the questions involved in litigation go beyond the case. Uh, the, the clients often have many challenges that they have to face as a result of the um, incident that led them to us. And we must first and foremost appreciate that and make sure that we're there to help throughout not only the case, but also throughout the client's life. I right, we're back in two minutes. Curious to hear how this sounds. It's when a game this year, I say no. The worst. That's loud enough for you, right? Football is, your coach is the worst in the league. Yeah, that's good. Okay. That's Jake, by the way. Doing Jake things. Um. <laughs> wow, just uh, taking people's tweets and making a segment out of it. It's uh, Nothing ever changes at the Fanatic, man, I'm telling you. What's what that? are they doing? Just, it's just nothing ever changes. Mm. I'm just amazed by it. What happened? No, just like somebody tweeted something out. So do you feel this way? Let's poll the people. Do you feel this way too? Well, that's Andrew. <clears throat> that's, that's his doing because you know that's not Anthony. Anthony's not on Twitter seeing this stuff. Oh no, I wouldn't. I wasn't blaming anybody. Specific. Yeah. I, I think it's a it's a stationwide thing. I just think it's funny that Andrew was was no famous phone. for hearing a caller like on Mikey Miss's show. Yeah. say something stupid, and then he'd have the audio for me the next day. Listen to this, and he was almost like like uh, Nahagian. Like he'd get like build up a whole thing about how we can do a show out of this one phone call. And I'm like, hey, dude, it's Wednesday. There's nothing else going on. Let's <laughs> let's do it. Oh my. <laughs> Where's 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 he at now? Where's where's Matt at? San Francisco. Man, he's killing yeah. it. He's got the number one station out there. I don't think so anymore. Oh, did, did it? Well, it's a tough. Well, since thing. the Warriors tanked, I think yeah. that really kind of did it. Did him in, but well, it's he's still tough, doing good. Yeah, no, 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 and and that's a tough battle. It's not like Philly where you have one station that just dominates every time. It's uh, it, it's it's an up and down out there. It's a tough market to just control. You are listening to The Middle on the SportsMap Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander, Barrett Brooks, and Harry Mays. So Monday night, 
we had this game go down and the Rams took full advantage of the Bears. We talked a little bit about that yesterday morning following the game. But there was something that happened off the field that was way more of an influence to anything other than the end result of the game. And if anybody has been victim of this, they know how difficult it is when you go from losing your money, your entry fee, you actually have won money to then losing it altogether. Now, it's a little different when you talk about losing $997,000. That's nearly a million dollars. Okay. That's $3,000 less, fellas, than a million dollars. A 41-year-old insurance agent in St. Louis, Rob Huntsey, thought he won the million-dollar first prize in a DraftKings contest. Hmm. For about 30 minutes after the game ended, like this is equivalent to you thinking you won the presidency until like a day later, they count all the votes and it's like, no, sorry, dude, you lost by a million. Mm -hmm. This guy thought he won the million dollar first prize in this DraftKings contest, except as one of his lineups featured both the Bears and Rams defenses scored like 93 points, the most out of the 176,470 entries. But despite his computer screen showing a million dollars and texting everybody he knew, he went back to refresh and realized that a sack that had been credited to the Bears defense late in the fourth quarter was changed to a running play. A oh! By Goff. Oh! Knocked him out and then into a tie for sixth place and his prize money dropped from one million to $3,078.94. Now, how can oh. you go from first to sixth and lose that much money? Because everybody is, it's like a golf score where everybody is tied and you have like 50 oh. people tied for sixth. Okay. And the next person is like 51st, even though that they were really s- seventh, right? Well, so no, you weren't seventh. You were 51st. Exactly. Yeah. But the appearance might be, oh, well, look, I, you know, I had the seventh highest score, but I'm 51st. Oh, okay. You see what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. It, it works the same way. Mm. Well, that's a hurt piece right there. Can you imagine that? Wow. Like, no. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I'm trying to think of what play it was. See, it was Goff late that's, in the fourth quarter. That's why you got you to chill out on texting people. Right. Until you really get the confirmation. Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah seriously. Be texting somebody saying, I want a million dollars. First of all, I'm not going to be out there. Let's just say this happens to me. I'm not telling anybody that right. I want a million dollars. I don't yeah. want anybody to know that I want a million dollars. Because they be out. asking. Yeah, they'd be asking. Barrett, tell them. It's, not, it's one thing if you have a, a contract that goes public and the details of that contract put out there by Adam Schefter. You know, Barrett Brooks signs a yeah. long term. But... Even when you come up on money, somebody's around. Somebody's always around. Hey, you, you, you know they got some money. Yeah, right. yeah. That's yeah. Net, yeah know, right. Like people you haven't heard from. I guarantee yeah. you, Harry. People you thought yeah. were probably dead yeah. be reaching out to you. Yeah, and, and you know what? I got a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come get some money. <laughs> you might have to use it, man. A million dollars. So this you was have- the play. This this is crazy. This was the play in Jeopardy, Barrett. You were asking about that. Three minutes left in the fourth, third down. Goff fakes a handoff to the right side, bootlegs back to the left. That's where uh, James Vauders, the Bears linebacker, doesn't bite on the fake. And then he and Akeem Hicks brought Goff down three yards behind the line of scrimmage. Now, Hicks was initially credited with the sack, 
but the official scorer later changed the play to a three-yard loss on a run by Goff. That shouldn't be. That should. That's, no. that's wrong. Well, that should be a fact. Here's what I agree. I do as well, but this next sentence actually, as crazy as this is, it actually makes some sense. According to the rule book, Rams wide receivers appeared to be blocking downfield an indication of a design run. Sacks are then not credited on a design run. Wow. So you had guys blocking downfield, not running routes, and that's what the uh, official score. That is devastating. Awful. I'm mad for him. (laughs) I am mad for him right now. Well, look, the dude still won three Gs. Well, who won the million? I don't know. Probably somebody who ran an algorithm in these tournaments. That's what people do. What do you mean? Well, they enter these tournaments, and they put like 500 different lineups in. Mm -hmm. And it's all an algorithm that determines who can score the most. So you're going up against computer algorithms. It's tough tough to win these things. I hate the word algorithm. Yeah, (laughs) seriously. I never knew. I never even knew the word existed until like the last 10 years. And and now everything's a freaking algorithm. And those algorithms exclude me. They shadow ban me. They, They take away impressions from me and all this stuff on social media. I hate the word. No question, man. That's why I say it's in basketball also, because teams are put together now on the likelihood of guys shooting threes and, you Mm -hmm. know, guys down low. I mean, that's why the nature of basketball has changed so much also. Well, it's it's more of this analytics stuff. That's right. That's right. Analytics taking over the game. Now, Halloween is upon us, and this is something ripped right out of fake news. But I wanted to slide this in here really quick. We all live in or have lived in areas where there's always somebody who's over the top, right? And they're outdoor decorating. Exactly right. Yeah. They're outdoor decor. Well, a death. And of course, this is in Orlando. It's it's in Florida. A well, maybe not. The Orlando Sentinel had this and I already assumed it was Florida, but I think it actually might be Texas. Hmm. So. We saw a death themed Halloween decor so gruesome that neighbors and even a passerby called the police several times. <laughs> so what? an artist in Dallas, Steve Novak, and I'm reading this from the Orlando Sentinel, festooned the front of his modest home with figures that appear to be badly mutilated murder victims. One victim had been speared in the back with a chainsaw. Another corpse slumps on the roof with a knife to the head. <laughs> Dismembered body parts sit in a jumble in a wheelbarrow. A duct tape garage bag holds the shape of another body. The entire scene is soaked with gallons of red blood, and somebody called the cop. Multiple people called the cops. Wow. Can you imagine a kid walking up there? Yeah. Yeah. Kid walking up there, you know, seeing all this carnage everywhere. But that but he used a, a great word in there. He's talking about a hate algorithm. Festooned is a word we don't use enough. I I read that. Right from the Orlando Sentinel. Festoon. Festoon. I, gotta, I gotta look it up. <laughs> yeah, me too. I gotta look it up. I read it. And I gotta look it up. I imagine it's just displaying in artwork. Mm-hmm. A chain of garland of flowers, leaves, or ribbons hung in a curve as a decoration. I we've all had this coming up next. The philosophy that guides my work as an attorney is number one, that we are in place of a position of trust. And that trust provides a certain obligation upon us that we must um, fulfill for each and every client. That a client just simply isn't another number. 
while we may have many cases here, um, the client only has one. And they deserve the utmost attention, information, and a full and candid um, relay of the aspects of their litigation and for us to be available for questions. We understand that the questions involved in litigation go beyond the case. Uh, the, the clients often have many challenges that they have to face as a result of the um, incident that led them to us. And we must first and foremost appreciate that and make sure that we're there to help throughout not only the case, but also throughout the client's life. All right, we're back in two minutes. Do you, did anybody like, we had somebody when I was in Plymouth meeting and I lived not far from the mall. It mm -hmm. was a, an apartment complex and there is a, there, there was somebody who always like, and again, you have a little bit of a balcony. So it's not like you had any space, no backyard. It was just a big apartment complex. And this person, every single Halloween, I was only there for two Halloween, but both Halloweens, it was like, you could not get out on their balcony. Mm -hmm. It was just totally decked out. There were skeletons hanging and there was music playing. And I, I, I never understood that why they would go full deck mode on their actual deck, not having a backyard or anything. Well, the other thing is you're, you're living in a spot. I know the apartment building you're talking about. Yeah. There's not a lot of storage. So you're utilizing your storage for, you know, the other 51 weeks a year for all that crap that you put on your deck for Halloween. Right. That's true. You're right. Yeah. If anything, you might be paying extra for a room down the hall mm -hmm. for storage. And then you have all that. Yeah. You have all that crap in there. And it's like, come on. Now, some people, I think, do this for every kind of holiday they decorate. But I think there's a lot of people that are just Halloween freaks. Like, in other words, when Christmas or whatever comes around, they don't necessarily do it for. For that holiday, they're just Halloween crazies. Right. Right. You know? Yes, I, that thing where it's just about being nuts for Halloween. So you yeah, a bunch of shit out that's not even like real. Yeah, the, getting the pumpkins and all that stuff, and then you got to throw them away. There's this old couple in my in my uh, development that um do that. They they have had kids. They haven't had kids probably for forty years. Actually, and they still do that. Let, let's let's get that story real quick because we're back. I want to hear this. This is The Middle on the Sports Map Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander, Barrett Brooks, and Harry Mays. All right, so we just hit this quick story in the break about the over-the-top Halloween decor found in Texas, where the guy had the cops called on him multiple times because of how absurd and crazy this thing is. I definitely prefer this than the oversized blow-ups of, like, Minions and this other stuff that's not even Halloween related. But just as we were coming back, you have a knack for this, Barrett. <laughs> just as we were coming back from the break, you start talking about what I can imagine is going to be a great story. So we had to put that on pause for like five seconds. And we kind of threw out just ridiculous instances of people going over the top, decorating. And then you're like, well, you know, there was this old couple. And then we no, had back. still, still this old couple. Still doing it. Yeah, still doing it. And 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 honestly, they haven't probably had kids in 40 years, you know, still living. Mm -hmm. In fact, you know, 
I probably would have moved out of this neighborhood, you know, because the tax was so high over here. But that's neither here nor there. But they always put up all these decorations, all these decorations, and you know, and and even for Halloween, all these Halloween decorations. But they always have their light off so no kids can come get candy. I'm like, what's ah. the sense? And then also, they put all these decorations up on Christmas and Thanksgiving and this and yada yada. Mm-hmm. But won't speak to you when you ride by. You you walk by. I used to work out, man. You know, when I was playing, I worked out every day, and I would see this couple every day, and they would not. I'd wave to them, "Hello, hey, how you doing?" Stand at the end of the property line, "How you doing?" And they would walk in the house. Oh man, seriously? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even though they had all this inviting Halloween, right? Like they're just the nicest people in the world. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. But I did hear a story about them, though. I heard a story about them. This is classic, though. All right, like. A few neighborhoods, not a few neighborhoods, but a few streets over, there's this couple that have these, they put um this this family, they put out these nice, nice chairs and they sit out front and they just, you know, talk to everybody, you know, sit out, you know, it's just a nice neighborhood and they sit out there and they have like a little koi pond around it. Well, so they woke up, somebody took their chairs, they were there, somebody took their chairs and it just so happened that house I'm talking about is at the front of our block, at our block and they look in and and as this people are looking for their chairs, just walking by looking through the neighborhood for their chairs, and they see the chairs yeah. inside the garage. And you know, they're like, All right, um, so they walk up, knock on the door. Um, excuse me, um, can you can we have our chairs back? And look like what chairs are you talking about? The garage is open, they see the chairs sitting there. Get out of here. Yes, and they this um we're talking this old this old couple probably about 75, 80 years old. Right. And they, they said, I don't have your chair. What are you talking? We don't have any chairs yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all of a sudden she said, Well, I'm seeing him in your garage right here. He was like, he said, Damn. And so, all right, come get the chairs. She's like, Well, where are the cushions at? I'll be damned. He looked over. The cushions are sitting inside his car. He was <laughs> using them for his car mats in his car. So they That's stole the chairs. <laughs> yes, they stole and the, the chairs. And- <laughs> yes, yes, they stole them. This is the same couple that, you know, don't speak to me. They put all the knickknacks up and the decorations, and they go out and steal. (laughs) And don't give kids Halloween candy. Mm. There was a study on on that same vein. There was a study done like 10 years ago across the entire country by a a couple of national travel, even like the, was it the NTSA or, you know, even the National Travel Association, whatever it may be, to where the more – Bumper stickers, the more stickers you have on the back of your car, mm-hmm. the more aggressive and just bad of a driver you are. So where <laughs> they really, and, and I, honestly, I kid you not, this was like a study done like 10, 12 years ago, and it was done by a lot of the major organizations, even one that is um, federal, if you will, that took into account accidents, tickets, all these other things. And they determined that that person you're driving behind that has all of the stickers on the back of their car to where yeah. you can barely even see the back windshield is a terrible driver. And you want to stay as far away as you possibly can from them. <laughs> and it's again, it, it's like, you know, the, the, like Barrett said, the knickknacks and all this stuff up for Christmas or something, you know, you could see on the car peace and love and all these other things. But if they've got a hundred of them on the back, stay the hell away. Yeah. Right. Right. Hey, you know what though? Hey, uh, cross. I appreciate it. I just, you know, my mom just texted me, hey, I'm watching you on TV, and I just got through cussing. Sorry, mom. My apologies. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. My mom watches this, too, down in Florida every day. She loves it, by the way. <laughs> Thinks the show's great. 
Good. For what it's worth, but I say all this kind of stuff, and she's like, <laughs> she's right, 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 yeah. right, 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 right. Well, I, I, I did. I had to do the inaugural. Sorry, mom. First, you know what I mean. First. Yeah. Okay. Well, is Mama Mays and Mama Brooks prepared for our conversation about the undoing? Because it could get a little frisky here. <laughs> My mom had three boys, so oh, so she's yeah. she's, she's yeah. been through it all. And anybody yeah. who raised Harry is is full aware of, of everything going on as well. So. <laughs> Right, right. Now, the show is there out. There it is. There it is. I heard yeah, in a while right. ago. Well, that's that's the old Schwartzman. that's Schwartzman. Yeah, that, that was made famous by you and Nick Kale. Yeah, right, so the show is out already. Episode one is in the books. Sunday marks episode two, and we'll hear from Barrett about why he doesn't like the show, and I'll respond and kind of fill in some blanks about as far as why I do like the Undoing. But here's the only problem that I have. And I recognize, guys, that this is a total first world America first problem to have. But we are so especially when we were locked up in the pandemic, we are so inundated with watch something, sit, watch the next episode, watch the next. episode. Right. Four hours later, you're sitting in a puddle of sweat. Like, how the hell did I not move for four hours? Right. I have to now wait an entire week to watch this next episode. And mm-hmm. there are only six of them out there. Right. So it's a mini series. It is yeah. a mini series. And I, it's it's like, it sucks. I hate to, I can't find a better word to use. I'm sorry, both moms and maybe my mom as well, but I, I hate it. I hate the fact that I have to, because I really like the show. Okay. And I have to sit and binge it for six hours. Well, it's funny we brought up my mom, or I brought up my mom, because she has watched probably every show on television. Every season of every show. Right. And it'll sit there and binge it. She'll get, you know, like eight seasons of a certain show done in a week. And I'm like, why don't you just sort of, you know, do it a little slower and sort of, you know, stretch it out a little bit. She's like, no, I I just like to sit there and just bang them all out. I'm like, I don't have that kind of patience to sit in front of the tube for eight hours and watch something that's not sports. Well, you have, you you know, one or two episodes at a time. You have stuff to do, Harry. You're a busy yeah. man, a very busy man. You right. have golf to play. That's you know me? I binge at night. You know, I go through the day, do everything I got to do during the day, and then I binge at night. And, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of mad. You know, like, I, I watched The Mandalorian. I know you don't like it, but I watched The Mandalorian. So it's like one episode. When it first when it first starts, I'm just going to be able to watch one episode and wait the next week. One, I don't like that. You know, that's why I won't even watch Power or The New Power. Mm-hmm. I'll wait till it's all over with, and then I'll binge watch them all. Okay. I, I don't want to sit there and wait. That's a tough life to live, brother. It is. Where you are just completely blocking out the entire, especially if it's a power, like my mom watches power. And and I know that power is a truly wide range of an audience that watch it. It's really difficult to get on Twitter if somebody dies or if something happens in power and not see it. Same with this show. Especially if there's any type of major reveal, like you couldn't sit there and say to yourself, well, I'm just going to wait for the sixth sense to hit DVD and then I'll watch it and still be on Twitter. You would know everything that's going on about the dead people and the kid at the end. Of the <laughs> well, I did that with Game of Thrones. We didn't get into Game of Thrones until like season four or five. And then we just binged them all. So so we got it all done before that sixth season. And, and then they had the final season, which was a total disappointment. That's what I did. Really? I locked out on Game of Thrones. I didn't even know anything about it. Yeah. To be fair, there were about two and a half seasons where you were probably better off doing that. And <laughs> there wasn't any like major reveal. But I get what you're saying. Yeah. Get, look, both of you being able to do that is commendable because I cannot. Now, 
What did you not like <laughs> outside of the full frontal nudity and seeing this woman who is beautiful, Matilda, Matilda Angelis, fully naked? What did you not like about this show, Barrett? I just think it, it just was going too slow. It started out too slow. You know, you got the kid. He's, you know, I mean, I was I was off when I started talking. When he started talking about the violin, I don't want to hear about the violin, bro. I want I, I want to see I want to get right down to why it's called the undoing. Hmm. There's nothing undid yet, so I'm I'm, I'm pissed off. It's, it's not undid yet. Wait a second. I'm, wait for the undoing to be a come undid. You just sat here for four <laughs> minutes and explain how you can sit and wait and be patient for an entire series to run, and then you'll jump on it. But you can't wait thirty minutes for the plot to develop. If it doesn't develop, I'm out quick. I'm out. I got it. I got it. I need instant gratification. Bam. Let's go. Let's go. I want, you know, heads to be chopped off. Let's go right then and there. Let's go. Well, how okay. soon into the episode is the nudity? Like was, was, was Barrett grabbed in the first 15 minutes? No, it was like no? 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. No, oh, man. It, was, it was like 25 minutes when, when they were in the locker room. <laughs> I have it marked. Mark the tape. It was 25 minutes when they were in the locker room and, and you got to see Nicole Kidman stare up at the beautiful woman. And, and oh, yeah? It's amazing. I mean, she is so beautiful. Well, so, look, at that. Harry's going to set his clock now. All right, 25 point. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Now, we have breaking news that we are going to cover entirely for overtime and mention it here on the show. Let me just read the breaking news. We'll wrap this combo real quick on the undoing. The Sixers are in advanced talks on a deal to hire Daryl Morey to oversee mm. the franchise's basketball operations, that according to Woj and ESPN. So this is good. This is yeah. good news. And, and we'll talk about this to wrap the show. We'll talk about this in overtime, phillyvoice.com slash the middle. As far as Barrett, your gripe, and, and I get it. I understand. I think what happens a lot on these shows that are mysteries and have these big reveals is you know ahead of time the basic synopsis. Like, we read it on the air. We knew that Nicole Kidman was living in this bubble, and then all of a sudden everything goes to you-know-what. Yep. With that said, I will say, and I think this is more testament to Nicole's acting, but there are – I watched it twice, and I went back and I watched it twice, and the second time through, you can see her in a very subtle mode not being totally okay with her life. Like you can see her despite her being a really successful shrink and having your kid go to the most prestigious school in New York and her husband being a really successful oncologist who's on uh, Newsday and all these other things. She just, she has this way about her where it's not totally perfect. And yeah, then, so you, you, yeah, you see something good. It's not really good with her right now. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And then it starts to unravel the final 20 minutes or so. And, and, you know, not to spoil anything for Harry, but I thought that that quick scene where she's on her bed and calling the hotel rooms, I thought that was a really good encapsulation of how things are about to go really bad. Like, I'm excited about this show, maybe because Game of Thrones ruined HBO for me, but I'm excited for this show. Why is that? Oh, we don't we don't have time. Well, we there's only six episodes. It's like it's not like it's a massive commitment. Oh, it's six hours, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it just because you know, I mean, it's just like watching, you know, baseball, basketball, football, hockey. I gotta watch them because we're gonna do this show. I know you guys gonna be throwing stuff at me, you know. I can't just watch football. I was just I was just in a groove that I just watched football. Now I gotta be multifaceted now. I gotta watch everything now because you guys will throw something out the hat and I gotta be well versed at it. So I gotta get back into it. Stars finale, man. <laughs> the what I'm joking. All right, so we'll wrap the hour next. We'll talk about this Daryl Morey news coming down. It's a major story that just creeped up in the NBA. 
Don't take chances with COVID-19 and your family's health. Use the Exergen Temporal Scanner to check temperatures before dinner and before you leave home in the morning. Exergen takes an accurate reading in seconds and is the number one thermometer used and recommended by hospitals, doctors, and nurses. Stay safe with Exergen. It's the middle, phillyvoice.com slash the middle and sports map radio. The philosophy that guides my work as an attorney is, number one, that we are in place of a position of trust. And that trust provides a certain obligation upon us that we must um, fulfill for each and every client. That a client just simply isn't another number. Uh, While we may have many cases here, um, the client only has one. And they deserve the utmost attention, information, and a full and candid Um, relay of the aspects of their litigation and for us to be available for questions. We understand that the questions involved in litigation go beyond the case. Uh, The the clients often have many challenges that they have to face as a result of the um, incident that led them to us. And we must first and foremost appreciate that and make sure that we're there to help throughout not only the case, but also throughout the client's life. Well, Two minutes and we're back. Got this thing gift wrapped for us for the next 10, 15. Wow. Alan, what about I, that food thing? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. You want to do that too? Is that something we can do tomorrow? Sure. Have you guys been to the, it's Johnny's Hots, right? Isn't that the name of it? What, that hot dog place? Yeah. Right on, uh, right in Fishtown. No, I've not no, been there. Me oh, it's um, it's it's not bad. I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. a hot dog person, but I've had. I love hot dogs. No hot dog. Yeah. Oh, no hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. That was that woman in the in the basement. No. Yeah, yeah, right, Mrs. Cho. Yeah, they had that little store in the basement of our office building where our radio station was, Barrett, and. <laughs> I don't know how we got the audio. Marks. Marks recorded it. Okay. Mark recorded it. Because you go down down there and said, you know, you you sell any hot dogs? And the lady goes, oh, no, hot dog. (laughs) That got in our audio system. It was a drop. It was was freaking hilarious. And hot dogs get brought up all the time. It's amazing how often a hot dog gets brought up. There's nothing like a good hot dog. There's nothing like a good hot dog. I know. I need to go get me a good hot dog. Wow, Stefan Gilmore put his house up for sale. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 Eastern. Imagine. All right, so we've got a minute. My mom just sent me, you got to start watching Van Helsing. It's on Netflix. Is that a series? <laughs> yeah. I know the movie. I've heard of it. Yeah, the movie's good. Oh, then, then she, then she, oh, then my mom drops a shameless plug. They need they need some of my fried pies. She she's a caterer. She she oh, fries right? these pies and they're they're amazing, bro. Oh. They, you know hey, she Ron, puts anything hey, in them. Does the radio connect? Yo, Ron. Yo. Um. Ah, it's too late. Sorry. No problem. I was right gonna now. see if there was a cut. That's all right. You are listening to the middle on the Sports Map Radio Network, presented by Rocket Mortgage. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios. Here's Aton Shander, Barrett Brooks, and Harry Mays. Well, just with good news comes not necessarily bad news, but kind of questionable news. The Sixers are doing something that the Philadelphia Eagles and, and other NFL teams have made famous, 
which is if you put enough people in a room and say, these are the guys in charge, it's really difficult to point to one person specifically and say, okay, well, who do we blame? Right. Everything goes to you know what. Right. Whose right. blood is on this one? Exactly. Yeah. We still don't know who drafted Marcus Smith. If you believe Howie after the fact, or if you believe that it was Chip who was totally control of everything, like we still have right. questions about that. Well, Daryl Morey is set to become the head of basketball operations for the Philadelphia 76ers, according to Woj. Now, Woj just tweeted that a deal is expected to be finalized in the next few days. Sixers GM Elton Brand is expected to remain in his current position, sources said. So now you're just adding another chef into the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And Elton Brand, we know the team's not budging from him as the general manager, but we also know that he has a lot more control, according to ownership at the end of the season. But yet you bring in Daryl Morey, it just seems like there is a lot of muckying up the waters. Mm. Well, Morey is a guy that loves to make big trades. I mean, you talk about you bringing in a guy. If you want to try to, you know, move some of these contracts, this is a guy that'll be able to do it. Well, this is the city to do it in. We're talking about a city that needs instant gratification, also. So, I mean, are we talking what contracts? We, we want what we want. Horford, yeah. or you know, we're not talking about Simmons or Embiid, are we? Well, I don't know. I, you know, I don't. I wouldn't put anything past this guy. You look at his track record of of how many big trades that he's made over his years with the Houston Rockets. And, you know, I mean, this guy's out there. I mean, he's, he's an active, you know, I mean, very active GM. I like this move. Well, he's not even the GM, though. No, I know, but he's the head of basketball. I mean, this gives some credibility to me, to uh, the operator. I mean, you know, Elton Brand's been in this job for like two minutes. I think he needs a guy like a Daryl Morey to sort of, you know, navigate this situation. No. Oh, it's no, it's not. I disagree with you, but it's like, what happens if Daryl Morey wants to trade Ben Simmons or, or Joel Embiid and mm -hmm. it's the right move, but Elton brand, the organization says, no, no, I'd say if Daryl Morey and doc rivers are on the same page with moving one of those guys, they're going to get moved. Doc's well, another guy we have to factor in. This guy basically ran all personnel in the two last jobs he's had. So we have checks and balances. Now, sometimes that's a good thing to have checks and balances. You don't just need one guy just messing everything up, you know? Yeah. Uh, you're, you're concerned about this, Aton. No, I no, thought you'd be no. over the moon. I am. No, I'm I'm happy. Trust me. Oh, I'm all right. very happy. Um, I, I just, I'm concerned that there isn't a definitive boss. Maybe that's the point. Mm. Okay. This, like, let's be well, honest, and I'll explain it real quick. This team is in a really critical offseason where they do have to get rid of some contracts and probably sacrifice some talent alongside, meaning maybe you do have to move Tobias Harris. In order to move something else. Exactly. Yeah. And, and maybe there are people that are going to come knocking and saying, well, we'll give you James Harden for Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, and maybe that's not the right move in order to do that. But I feel like in this offseason, guys, where you have so much focus on getting out of contracts and making a big deal and making moves, Maury is a great fit for that. But is he the guy that's going to be doing it? Is he the guy that's going to be executing it? Is he the guy that's going to have to convince half the room why you should trade Harris? What happens if Doc Rivers comes back and says, man, the Harris played the best under me. We're keeping him. And Elton Brand hmm. is kind of like in the middle, like, ah, I got to serve the side of Maury. I also have to serve the side of Doc. Like, I don't know. It just seems like there could be chaos when we really need one mind and one vision 
And that's my point. It's not a negative, but it's more of an observation. Oh, we just Brandon. left that with Doug. Peterson. Left you know, no, I'm talking about Doug. Um, oh, wait. You mean Brett Brown? No, I'm oh, talking about who? Doug as far as making decisions like that. He doesn't make his own decisions. So, I mean, he wants certain things. He, he wants certain people, certain talent there. So Doug is like, well, all right, well, this is the guy I want, or this is the coach I want. And then, boom, from out of nowhere, you know, he's got to let his coaches go. I want something that's more, all right, this is the guy I need to blame. I want to blame him. He's making it happen. That way he can let one guy go. Well, that's what's that's kind of your agreement with Aton then. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, it's a collaborative effort, Aton. And I can't wait until Josh Harris has to get in front of a microphone in the next couple of days and detail everything. And I want you there at the press conference asking that specific <laughs> question and not let him off the hook. Who I can we blame? <laughs> yeah, who can, Specifically, yeah. Who can we blame? Who can we blame? And look, I think it's not so much as waiting for this thing to end, but Barrett, you bring up the whole coaching issue and Doug Peterson and personnel. I mean, it also, it's not a good look. It's not a good look to come out one day and say, no, 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 those are my coaches. They're here. They're here. Mm -hmm. And then and the next, next day they're fired. They're fired yeah, right? yeah. It's not a great look to not have a true offensive coordinator as much as that should be Deuce Staley and have, a bunch of guys have their hands in it. I, I don't know. It just seems like dysfunctional. Add, yes. Maybe yeah. Better word. And man, you can add collaborative effort to the list of terms slash words. I never want to hear again. <laughs> oh, I, I just, I, I look, it's a good thing. And Daryl Morey needs to have control. I think that's, that's how I would say it. So I don't want it to come across as negative. Right. Like I'm poo pooing this thing. Oh, control. I see. I don't, I don't, I don't see it in that. I mean, you don't who, think who, it's a matter of control. I, I who's going to me at the balance of power. I mean, I, I to me, I think a coach should have more of the balance of power than anybody because it's his neck. He's got his athletes out there. You know, you can bring in whoever you want to bring in, but if it doesn't fit what coach likes, you know, it's all for naught. And I think that's what's going on. Nobody has the real um, nobody's giving Doug a say so on who he can bring in, who he can't bring in, you know, and, and to me, that's you know, it kind of it, it kind of dictates, uh, uh, all right, I'm just going to have to make it work mm -hmm. as opposed to saying this will work in my system. Well, yeah, it's, you know, it's not true. Not going to make it happen. That's true. I mean, you need ownership, general manager, and coach all in the same, you know, going in the same direction with the same right. type of vision of what kind of identity, what kind of team they want to be. Absolutely. And if you don't have that, you are you are in trouble. Yeah. So. Okay, but you just laid three positions. Right. You have four Right. Well, yeah, that makes it even more difficult. Thank you. Yeah, it does. No, I'm not, I'm not saying it's not difficult, but I love the addition of Maury, and I would probably think that he has more say-so than an Elton Brand. Wouldn't you? So what is, what, what is Elton Brand? I hope. What, what is his job then? Because I was thinking, oh, Maury is more so the guy that's going to be like uh, uh, the contract negotiator. He'll see where we fit in the cap. He's going to be like, all right, we can bring him in. We can give him a max deal. We shouldn't give him a max deal. We bring him in a trade. But I see Elton is more of a guy. All right, I'm working closely with Doc. Like, all right, we, we need this type of guy to fit in my system. And it's, it's, it's Elton's job to go out and get that guy to fit in the system. You mm -hmm. know, I'm, that's what I'm, I'm, I don't know which direction, you know, who's going to take what and what's going to take who. I mean, you look at the Eagles right now. I, I see Doug as a guy, all right, I'm just making the best of what they're giving me. Right, As opposed right. to give me this guy right here, that guy right here. That's a good you point. Know?
Yeah, I, I see that. I see that with the Eagles too. In other words, like Howie has too much autonomy exactly as in shaping the roster and going out and picking players. Yeah. So yeah. who do you know, who do we look at? All right, Maury, Maury, I need for you to make this work. Mm-hmm. That's Elton's job. I need for you to make this work. He go Elton goes to Doc. Doc, what do you need to make this work? All right, you give me this right here. All right, then I'll give I'm gonna go out and find you this person. He finds this person. Now I send it over to Maury. Maury, what are you gonna do to make this happen? I mean that's that's what I thought that was supposed to be, but I, I don't I don't know. You know, I want I want just like you said, I want him to dictate who's gonna have what power, what power is gonna be willing to who, and who can take that and smash that all together and make us a team. The problem we have in all of this is an over-the-top meddling over uh, ownership who has insisted to publicly that they're not, yet every time we see something big happen, they have their hands in it. And a lot of times they're ruining it. So my concern, like we've already seen with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, more so Embiid, I think, and maybe to a lesser extent Simmons, kind of leapfrog both Coach Brett Brown at the time and Elton Brand at the time and just be like, man, ownership says I don't need to shoot a three. What the hell am I going to listen to you guys for? Mm-hmm. And I'm just using a you know, quick well, example here. That was like the old setup with Dan Snyder in Washington. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, DeMarco yeah. Murray sat on a plane ride home and sat next to Jeff Lurie. And well, then, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Right. So this is something that happens in sports. And I, I wonder who's going to be the first person to leapfrog Daryl Morey and go to Josh Harris and say, this guy doesn't know his ass from his elbow. He's trying mm-hmm. to trade away our best player. Hmm. Uh oh. This so is the this- thing. Oh. oh, I just followed him on Twitter. Daryl Morey is still on Twitter, even though, uh, he tweeted that thing a couple was a year or two ago about Hong Kong that got yeah, him in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe that was part of the negotiation too. You got to surrender your Twitter feed. We don't need any more anti-China <laughs> tweets. <laughs> was- we, we don't need tweets anyways. From remember the last uh, GM we got out of here because oh of yeah, Barbara Botini <laughs> was uh, doing all the Twitter feed, right? Right. That's true. That that is definitely yeah. true. I mean, they yeah, they have for the next five years they have created on one hand they have brought in two competent guys with a resume on the other hand they might have created this too many cooks in the kitchen scenario i i, I don't know honestly i i don't know at this point that's, but see that's what that, that's that's isn't this what what sports is supposed to be isn't that where you know that's the way it's been in the past you have your gm you have your football operation then you have your coach and those guys got to work together. I mean, when did it start shifting from, you know, because I, I understand, you know, everybody wants to, to to have that that Brady Belichick, you know, and mm-hmm. there is just one guy wields all the power, and he's saying this unless he's Tom Brady, he goes over him and goes to the to the owner. Okay, right. I'll give you a perfect example, and, and I'll talk directly to you and your experiences when you were on the Steelers. Yep. They, and. Even up until recently, because the the money guy continues to to look like they're going to pluck him, and they actually moved on. I forget his name, but they moved on from one of the money guys a couple of years ago. But the Steelers were a perfect example. Baltimore, to a lesser extent, but you know you had Ozzy pretty much controlling everything personnel. The Steelers were a perfect example of having a general manager and an assistant general manager, and yep. the two of them would work. And you know this from experience. Absolutely, they would work hand in hand, but. 
their responsibilities never really bled over. It was the AGM was all the money. It was just, hey, you make the finances work. You work the cap. You bring people in. Free agents, trades. You work the money. And the general manager was, okay, we're going to try and make the money work with the talent. It was never like the assistant general manager was involved in scouting. It was never like the GM was involved in you know working contracts. So while they did work together, they still had very defined roles. And I just need that to happen in Philadelphia mm. in order to feel better about it. That's a great mix, you know, because you got yeah. Kevin Colbert. But Kevin Colbert always worked. When I was there, he always worked with BC, Bill Cowher. He always wanted to bring in players with him. He brought me over, Charlie Batch over. And uh, our Charlie center. Batch. Yeah, wow. he, he brought all us over from Detroit. We were all in Detroit together. Mm -hmm. He brought us over because he knew what we can do. And and, and he explained to, to you know, to, to Cowher, hey, these guys are this position. They do this and they'll fit within the framework of what you're doing. And that's that's where it's supposed to be. But you'll never hear, you know, any of those guys going to the owner. I don't care who it is. You know, um, the Roonies aren't having it. You know, the Roonies are, are, are right. you know, devout Catholics. They don't get into the football operation stuff as far yeah, as they weren't meddlesome. Like they didn't know they leave it no. alone. They still don't. You know, yeah. they still have they still eat fish on Fridays. You know, they just want a, a team to go and not just be successful, but they want you to be. um they want you to be the 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 spearhead sort of, 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 of organization. Yeah, you have a standard, standard in which yeah. we work with, and that's what it is. You know, that spearhead will never go. It will never go in a way in which would 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 point this team in a direction in which it wouldn't make the, the Roonies look like they're still the best owners in the league. Uh oh, I see. Aton's got a poll up already. I am smelling next week's Philly Voice article as we speak. Well, it <laughs> just came out today, and it was. Right. So we'll be propping up our Alex Singleton interview on Philly Voice. So <laughs> next time you criticize me of not being a foxhole guy, I went Philly Voice Alex Singleton over redoing the article and adding in some sort of Daryl Morey take. Wow. So we'll have to wait until next week. Maybe tomorrow, as we wrap up overtime here, maybe tomorrow you'll watch, you'll have the undoing watch. Do you plan yes. on it? Yes. Okay. Yes. Good stuff. Good stuff. I don't shame you into it by any. No, there's nothing on tonight. I mean, there's no more World Series. Oh. There's no baseball. There's no football. No nothing. So yeah, All I right. gotta work. I gotta build a table. So while you guys are chilling, I'm going what? to build a table. Yes. Please film that. Have somebody <laughs> film you building a table, please. All, All right, right, man. For Barrett Brooks, Harry Mays, I'm Aton Shander. It's the middle. PhillyVoice.com/slash the middle. We want to thank our good friends. Fritz and B and Cooley as we are live each and every day locally from the Fritz and B and Cooley studios. We'll see you tomorrow. The philosophy that guides my work as an attorney is number one, that we are in place of a position of trust and that trust provides a certain obligation upon us that we must um, fulfill for each and every client that a client just simply isn't another number. Uh, while we may have many cases here, um, the client only has one, and they deserve the utmost attention, information, and a full and candid um, relay of the aspects of their litigation and for us to be available for questions. We understand that the questions involved in litigation go beyond the case. Uh, the, the clients often have many challenges that they have to face as a result of the um, incident that led them to us. And we must first and foremost appreciate that and make sure that we're there to help throughout not only the case, but also throughout the client's life. 
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.